Hello, and welcome to the Shea Hates Everything podcast, where we talk about video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. My name is Shay, and today I hate going back to a five-day work week after several weeks of not having a five-day work week. And my name's Kyle. Today I hate going back to work at all this coming week, because this is <laughs> going to be our first week back. Oh, boy. It's, it goes by so fast, right? It, it Summer does. Summer nights. And, like, every school is starting earlier this year for some reason. Um... Like uh, all the other schools in the area, they actually started this past week, and we're wow. starting this week. But like yeah, traditionally, it's been the week after. Yeah, people have started school here too. Like, are, are school is it going to end sooner? Because it only ours ends, like, isn't the first week of June, right? Yeah, ours isn't ending sooner. I think they just have like a couple more days sprinkled in there during breaks and mm. stuff. Like mm-hmm. for um for our winter break, we have a full two weeks. I don't know that we got a full two weeks last year. And then for Thanksgiving break, last year was the first year they gave us a full week, and they're doing that again. Um, So they got, like, a full week off and then three weeks of school and then two weeks off? Yeah, and, like, what they did last year for some reason um, was, and this was not a popular decision by any stretch of the imagination, instead of giving, like, it's I think it's, like, the first or second Friday of every month as a teacher in service, used Mm -hmm. to be. Where, like, Mm -hmm. there was no school. The teachers just go in and they can meet with their department heads and do the whole thing. Um, Last year, they changed it so that, like, every other Wednesday was a two-hour early dismissal. And during that two hours is when people got to meet together. And that did not work at all. And it was especially bad for our kids who are all about routine. Mm -hmm. Um, And that just, the day, like, it was just always a mess every other week. So, thankfully, they're going back to um, the... Uh, the teacher and service Fridays. Right. Um, Because also, I think on those days, I don't got to go in. Mm -mm -mm -mm. (laughs) So I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, But it's, you know, just going back to work sucks. (laughs) I know. Like, after having such a long time off. And, I mean, obviously, you've been doing a lot of projects at home. You've still been doing the site managing. So it's not like you've only been sitting on your ass but you have been sitting on your ass a fair amount so much <laughs> my ass is tired yeah good to get up on your feet so that you can uh, go to school and sit on your ass at your desk at, at no dude i'm i'm all over the place all day yeah i'm not i, I need to <laughs> i've had a standing desk for probably two months and it's sitting behind my chair oh dude because <laughs> i just haven't set it up come on i'm just man. too lazy yeah, I know. I need to commit to it. Are but you this are, is, are you allowed to set that up during normal work hours, or would you have to like stay after? No, I can do it, and it won't take that long. I just need to like it, it's just like a table that goes on top of my desk. That's oh, all it is. Okay, and so I just kind of move my monitors and stuff. Um, is it pneumatic? I, like, or not pneumatic, but like has height settings? No, it's just a wooden desk. Oh, like a wooden thing. That's it. And they have like a tall and a short one. So I would say I got the short one because I'm a short one. Um, but I didn't get like a, I think you're supposed to get like some kind of stool or something so you can sit if you need to. And I didn't get anything like that. So I need to, if I do set it up, I need to talk to somebody cause like literally just standing there is good. Like you want to be standing, not sitting, but just to stand in place, that's not good for you either. Right. Um, you should get one of those, um, those like standing chairs where it's just like a pole with a seat on the end of it. And you kind of like tripod yourself. You know what I mean? Mm. You kind of, you lean back slightly into it. Right. But I don't want to sit on that like the whole day. 
Well, no, I'm not saying you sit on that the whole day. You just like if your feet get tired, yeah. you have it sitting to the side, and then you put it precariously by your anus hole, and then lean back onto it, uh, and yeah, hope maybe. that seat doesn't break because then that thing is going for a <laughs> wild ride up <laughs> yeah. your colon. That's that's not a place anyone wants to be. <laughs> um, yeah, I need to look into it a little bit, and I'm sure. Kelly will have opinions on what kind of stuff I need to use because she got like when she was working at the eye doctor's office in the billing department she like got a couple of her people she got one of those like big balls that you sit on yeah they're supposed to be better for your back and stuff and so she kind of like trendsetted that before she left I'm weird so, about that it's like a, having a giant rubber scrotum it's weird I don't know they're kind of comfy and fun like when you bounce you can bounce on it a little bit and rock back and that's forth. all okay that would also be a problem I would never get anything done I would just be yeah. bouncing all day because <laughs> like I have restless leg syndrome really bad and I'm always mm-hmm. tapping on it I oh, mean, yeah, I'm sure me you too. are too um, I'm tapping everything like with hands and feet and I drive people crazy I imagine if I was on a bouncy ball that'd be a problem <laughs> it's just like another instrument because right now we just have like our fingers and feet that we can kind of tap with. Right. But if you have a bouncy ball, like you, you get your butt into part of the <laughs> the rhythm too. That hey, leave my butt okay. alone. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I mean, I'm obviously I've been at work this whole time because that's my life. I just work and I don't get a summer vacation anymore. You asshole. But <laughs> like, so for the past month, I don't think I've had a normal work week because. We had you and mom here for a weekend, so I took, I think it was a Friday off for that, and then I went to Chicago recently, I guess in between uh, previous podcasts and this one, I went to Chicago for my buddy's wedding, so I was off for a couple days for that. Last week, I was in Boston, like Tuesday and Wednesday, for a marketing conference, which was very like a last minute thing I, I decided to go to, and so I haven't, like three weeks in a row, I've had like a four day work week. And then now it's a normal, like I'm back to the normalcy of it. At least whatever it is, that first Monday of September, September 3rd, I think, Labor Day or Memorial yeah, Day. I Labor always get Day, them mixed yeah. up. But we don't have work that day. So I, I have, what, like three normal weeks, then I get a four-day week again. So it is what it is. It's very not, Even like those small breaks and having like a four-day work week makes such a huge difference. It's crazy. Yeah. So, like, uh, when I go back this week, um, Monday, the day the podcast goes up, like, I haven't had to go to this thing in years past because it wasn't mandatory because it was just, like, a breakfast and they give out, like, awards and stuff for teachers from the previous year um, and, like, introduce the new people in the district. And then, like, the department heads would break off and meet, but everyone else, like, was free to go. So I didn't even bother going last year. But now this year they're working in this whole full day of, like – interdepartment activities and just a bunch of fucking time waste bullshit and so that's what i have to do with my day tomorrow but then tuesday we're actually in our room so we get to go see how badly our room got messed up during the summer and how many chairs were missing and all that kind of crap and get it set up for the kids then the kids actually come on wednesday Mm. so it's only three day week with the kids this week yeah it's It's like like a nice best week of the year is the first (laughs) week right yeah, it's one of those things. It's it's life now. Yeah. Like this is life now. Um, but I so the last I think the last two podcasts I've complained at myself because I have all these like quote unquote tedious adult things that I need to do. Like I needed to go get a suit for my buddy's wedding. I needed to take my dog to the vet. Like I had all these other things I was doing the last couple of weeks. And so my one from last week, and I finally went and ordered the shirt 
for your wedding that I need <laughs> to get. Because I know you had said, like, sometimes it can take, like, a long time to get here. So I thankfully have ordered that. I have Good. a list of the things that I like for the rest of my outfit. I won't call it a costume, but for the rest of my outfit. But I want to get the shirt first so I can kind of mix and match and make sure I like how everything looks together. Right. But I think I'm going to buy a sword. Because I found should. a really cool sword. Are you driving up? Yes, for the we're okay. driving. Yeah. I, I thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I found a really cool one on that Dark Knight Armory site that you had recommended. Yeah, and it's they only like lo- 35 bucks. Yeah, they have a lot of cool it's stuff. A, it's a really cool, like, medieval. It has a really sweet, like, uh, hilt on it that has, like, a little fake, you know, jewel in the whatever the, in the, the palm, palm of it. So yeah, it's 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 pretty sweet sword. It comes with a sheath and everything or a scabbard. I don't know the difference between the two. But like I found a cool um sword belt as well. That's like it's like a double belted thing. It just looks really badass. So now I need to figure out what I'm gonna do like pants wise that will match everything and then also what I'm gonna do as far as like a cape or a vest or a hood or yeah. something like that. And so, I looked so at the, the, hold on, the the double the double belt is it just like uh, there, there's a, a space for the scabbard or the sheath to go in on the top and the second thing just to kind of help keep yes, it in place? and it balances it. Okay, yeah, I exactly. think that's more for a rapier. The one that was on here, it had like a traditional, like a straight okay. bladed. Cool. I, I just wanted I to make sure it, the opening, the hole, or the loop or whatever was going to be wide enough to accommodate yeah. the sword. I thought about that, too, and when I looked on there, it had the dimensions of it that okay. said, like, it seemed like it was going to fit. Cool. And I wanted to make sure that the sword I got wasn't, because a lot of them are, like, 40 inches, and that I don't want to fucking deal with that. I think this one's, like, 25 inches or something. Okay. So it's the right, it's it's a good size you for this we'll type of thing. You'll be catching on people as you turn exactly. and stuff, yeah. And yeah, you, and you can take it off after the ceremony. Yes, I'm not going to wear it, like, at the reception or anything like that, right. except for, of course, my speech, because I have to look like a complete badass yeah. when I'm up there talking. Um, if you so. want... I have a little a leather pouch that we could put the rings in and like attach it okay. to your belt if you want to do that because yeah. I don't know if the pants you get will wind up having pockets or not. So that's a good point. Yeah, I'm sure we can attach something to the to the belt that I have. Yeah. I'm more concerned about like whatever cover thing that I'm gonna wear if it's like a cape or I wanted to do maybe one of those like one shoulder capes. That would be pretty but I thought cool. That might look a little ostentatious. Eh, I would need to try one on if there's an occasion for it. <laughs> yeah, this be is this. the one. <laughs> so we'll see. And and I feel like if I'm going to do that, I have to have a vest or some kind of like doublet or something. Because the shirts that we get, they're just very like, they're very like commoner style right, shirts. Yeah. Um, they're, they're meant so to go need, under something. Exactly. I need something to dress it up. And I had looked at the tabards because I thought that would be really cool. And I just didn't, at least on Dark Knight Armory, which is the only place I looked, I just didn't love any of the options they had. They all looked a little cheap. Yeah, so. I really wanted to do, there's a person on Etsy who makes custom tabards, and I wanted to do uh-huh. them with our family crest on them. But they were right. $80 a just piece before shipping. Yeah. It was just too much. I wanted to put you and dad each in one of the tabards, but it just didn't work out that way, unfortunately. Yeah. So money, money. definitely need to need to figure at least Dark Knight Armory. I know they're located in Indiana. So yeah. I was looking at reviews and stuff. And people said like I got my thing three days later. So I'm not there, super yeah. worried about waiting a minute. I, the sword I would want to order first just in case because I bet shipping on those is kind of difficult. Right. But, uh, I'm not I, I'm not as worried about waiting for the rest of the stuff until after I get my shirt. So I still need to to do a little research and figure out exactly what I want to wear. Yeah, they just they tend to run out of stock on things. Like they kind of like mm. wait until they're out before they get right. more ordered in. Right. Um 
just because I, I imagine that's that saves them money to do that um, so they aren't like using more warehouse space than they need so um, just be aware that something you order might be on back order but if it is they notify you like right away yeah yeah I it might even pop it, up think... on the website saying it's back ordered i think the sword actually was quote-unquote out of stock but it said like hey if you order this then it'll take like four to five days then we'll be able to ship it so i'm sure it's exactly what you said where they wait until they run out then when someone wants it that's when they order more right um yeah i might i might need to once i know if i know i'm gonna get everything from them i might just try to call them and walk them through and tell them the timeline yeah and like i mean they when mom got my armor like they Mm -hmm. were calling her and updating her on the status of everything yeah like they're very good about communicating because you bought a suit of armor that was several hundred dollars versus me i'm buying like a pair of pants and a sword i guess yeah but But like still like they they care about the customer service and yeah they want you to have a good good experience so and it's helpful to know that there are American English, not American, but just English speaking people on the other end of it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, um, it's a small business. I doubt they have like an overseas <laughs> call customer <center>. service department. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Welcome to dark Knight Armory. <laughs> um, so how's all the wedding stuff going? Any, any uh, big updates? Yeah. So Kara had her bridal shower this past Saturday. Right. And, um, we, the following day, a.k.a. today, because we're recording it on Sunday, um, she, so she went out last night with her friends and drank way too much, um, mm-hmm. so she's feeling it today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to sober her up a bit and get her <laughs> a barf bag and go over to her parents and pick up all the stuff that she got. Um, we got, uh, so we have, ha- so we, we wanted, like, Basically, all new stuff for the kitchen, like a new set of mm-hmm. knives, a new set of um, flatware, like new um, like plates and dishes and stuff, um, new bakeware, uh, and I think on our registry we even have like new like pots and pans and stuff. Because um, what she and I have is like an amalgamation of things that we both had in college, uh, mm-hmm. and like they, they were like cheap Kroger stuff that we bought just to okay. get through college. So we're still kind of living off of that crappy stuff. So we, it's time to get nice stuff. That's a wedding is time to get nice new yes, stuff. Yes, exactly. So we already got the knives set, which is super cool. It's they're all, uh, um, they're all like stainless steel. I mean, nothing like, you know, out of this world nice. But they're like all, kind of like a brushed silver, and then they the stand for the knives because normally it's like a wood block that you put them all in. This one is like a flat glass plane. Um, hmm. And then so you can actually see the knives through the glass, so you know, which one you're going to pick up. Cause mm-hmm. that's my big frustration with the wood blocks is I pick up the knife and I'm like, this is not the right knife. I don't know which one it is. And it drives well, me crazy. Normal people just learn where the knives are in the block. Yeah. But there are two people in this house and oh, turns and out two people you know, put knives back, back two different way. ways. Yeah. Um, so we got the new knife thing, which looks super cool. Um, we have half of the dishes that we wanted already, and we got both the sets of the flatware that we wanted. And they're cool. Mm-hmm. Like they're actually they look like my ring, kind of that black beaten metal hammered look. Okay. Um, and they're like that and glossy. Um, they look super cool. So we got those. Um, we got new bakeware. I just haven't gone through our old stuff yet to get rid of it. 
Um, and I'm waiting till we get this, the other half of our dishes before I pack up our old stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, I have that, those tan dishes that mom bought when we moved into, uh, Ohio. Oh, that are like flesh colored, the huge ones. Yeah. Not, they're not really, something's wrong with you. If that's your flesh color, they're more like, yeah, but that's what the color is. They're kind of like a stooly diarrhea, like tan. It, like clay colored, yes. Like dirt, cl- yeah. That it, that's it's just flesh colored. That's what that is. No, flesh is more peachy. <sighs> Whatever. Anyways, I know I I know what ones you're talking about. Yeah, because we're currently just using those. Mm-hmm. Um, those have been around for a while, so I will be happy to pack those up and sell them to someone or give them away. Um, and she got a bunch of other stuff. Um. Yeah. Weddings. Yep. You know, Presents. Like, what? Okay. Here's here's the thing about bridal showers that I'm super uncomfortable with. Family members give lingerie right to the bride, mm-hmm. but like now that person is associated with the lingerie they gave. Oh, so yeah. why the fuck why the fuck would you ever use it? <laughs> it's like, oh, do you like this? Yeah, apparently your mom did too. Right. Like, like, no. Yeah, baby, does that turn you on? You can thank Auntie Muriel for this. <laughs> mm, yeah. Auntie Muriel. That is like uh that's the most. I'm reading Harry Potter, okay? 50s. That's Ron's aunt's name is Aunt uh, Muriel. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. Um man. Yeah, I'm just not comfortable with any of that part of That's it. That's weird. Yeah, it is. It's and weird. then so it was funny because I I work a lot of like site I site manage events and stuff at the theater. And this past weekend, I had so I obviously was not at the bridal shower because that's not where the groom goes. But that day I was working twelve hours. Um, there was an Indian R and K trum kind of like a coming of age thing for a fifteen year old Indian girl. She does this big long dance. It's extremely impressive. It's like a three hour presentation thing and the longest Jeez. single dance is like 25 minutes long it's crazy um but they set up a little temple every time because it's kind of like the same organizer that organizes it and communicates mm-hmm. with us and they always set up a temple which is like you know statue of ganesh and like the candles and a lot of like brass gold stuff and all mm-hmm. their colors and sim- uh, uh, symbols um Kara got this multi-tiered um, like candy dish thing of like this beaten brassy metal, and she's like, "Yeah." I was, I took it out. I was like, "What is this?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, no, so and so got us that. I really like it." And I was like, "This literally looks like something that was on the temple at this Indian <laughs> yeah. event yesterday." <laughs> and I flipped it over, and it says "Made in India," and I was like, "Oh no wonder." Interesting. <laughs> So it's very much that style, which doesn't go with anything else we have, but I guess Kara well, likes it, so it'll be out. It's your cute little eclectic house. That's just the whole house now. Yeah, exactly. It I, is what it is. I don't know. Our living room is all about cubes and straight, right. bold lines. Mm-hmm. So there, there's at least that. Mm-hmm. Ties the whole room together. An Indian brass display table. <laughs> yes. it's a little multi-tier candy dish well that's fun yeah i've always wondered like why isn't there a groom shower i was thinking the same thing that's like dudes want stuff too yeah 
Like, I don't want like, to go not fair. get danced on by a stripper. Give me money and stuff. Well, I mean, what a lot of couples do, like, this is what we did. We didn't have a bridal shower. We had an engagement shower after we got engaged. Uh-oh. That was just both of us with our families. And Kelly didn't do, like, a bridal shower ever. Looking back, I wish we had because we would have got more gifts. Like, like, we'll see. We have groups of friends that are not groups of friends that got married, but two friends that got married. There's no polygamy here in Georgia, <laughs> contrary to popular belief. But so, like, friends that will get married, they'll have, like, six fucking showers before their actual wedding. They'll have their engagement shower. Then they'll have, like, another engagement shower. Then they'll have the bridal shower. Like, all this other shit. And then at the wedding, you're getting them more fucking presents. It's, it's like they're taking advantage, frankly. Yeah. And I wish that we would have been smart enough to do that, too. I'm just jealous. Well, like I just I had conflicting feelings about it um, yesterday. Like when I when I got home and because Kara was like, I got all this stuff and this and this and this. I just had this overwhelming feeling of like people just gave us all this stuff. I'm not comfortable with that. Like I want to just give it all back. (laughs) I'm not like they want to. I know, but like, why would you want to? I don't ever want to get anybody anything. Why would you want to get me stuff? Other people like are kind though you know what i mean that's fucked up yeah i know it's weird but like yeah it's it's probably good that some other people out there are not like you (laughs) (laughs) fair no but that's part of the fun i just it just it reaches a boiling point is that is more my point like there's there becomes a line that has been crossed with too many fucking presents Right, and I wish that we would have crossed that line. There, I said it. <laughs> we only had two. We only had one shower and one wedding. We fucked up. We should get divorced so that we can get have another wedding. You've only had one shower, Shay. Yeah. How long have you guys been together? <laughs> Too long. <laughs> so, uh, tell me what else is going on. How about some uh, video games and shit? Mm, so, in my um, in my panic. Uh, after having realized how shortly, how uh, mm, words are so hard that you're going back to real that, life, yes, basically that with your work job. is starting in such a short amount of time. There we go. You're lucky I'm here, man. I can, I can, I can, like digest the nonsense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could just shout a string of numbers, and you'd know what I meant. Um, <laughs> So, uh, because I was panicking about how quickly the approaching, impending first day of work was, I played a lot of video games. Nice. Um, I started and beat the first Mass Effect within the past two weeks. Jeez. That was about 30 hours. Where were you playing it? On PC. So, on Origin, um, you can purchase the first Mass Effect um, for too much money. And it mm-hmm. doesn't come with all of the DLC. Wow. And I don't know why. Um, but there is a mod on Nexus Mods that is an updated texture pack. It's like in, they're having some anniversary edition where they pull in like some... They, they have It's 4K textures, but they have them also an option to make them look like the Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 models for like certain characters and stuff like that to kind of help <laughs> blend the games more. Oh, um, right. Which is kind of neat. So I like did, Ashley, I yeah. Like Ashley looks like a completely different person, Correct. In all three games, yes. So in this one, with the mod, she looks like Mass Effect Two Ashley. Um, so I did that, and then Mass Effect One does not have native controller support um, on the play on the PC. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a mod for that. 
so I downloaded that. So I played with those two mods, uh, robust 4K texture pack and um, a controller mod. It's uh, first Mass Effect is a really good game. It's yeah. very good. You didn't download any other mods? No, I wanted like as close to the vanilla experience as I could get. Hmm. So I just like I wanted stuff to like look really good, and then I wanted to be able to use a controller because the PC controls are terrible. Right. Um, and that's just I I wanted that pure experience. I didn't want any other messing around with stuff. Um, when was the last time you had played it? It's been. I mean, I've started. Like I've played a couple hours, like the first couple of hours, several times, but I have never beaten it since the first time I beat it. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Cause I just played it probably two years ago when I, I like I had all three of them on my PS three. The Mass Effect trilogy yeah. was on PS three. Yeah. Wait, is that right? Are they on PS four? No. So okay, that's the thing is you PS3. can't get the trilogy on current gen consoles. Yeah, I think because I wanted to go back and platinum Mass Effect 2 and 3, because I knew I wasn't going to platinum the first one because there's so many weird trophies. But then I was like, oh, I'll just play through all of them. So I played through them all like two years ago. Anyway, okay. point being, like, if I was going to replay it on PC, I would have wanted to play with a bunch of mods to make it different. But I get from your perspective wanting to... Gesundheit. Thank you. Um, wanting to get the original experience of it. Right. So are you going to play two and three? Yes. And I'm going to be able to, I want to carry my save over. I, okay. Nice. Also, I think the trilogy was the first time you could play the first mass effect on PS three. Cause when it the was. first mass effect came out, it was like 360 exclusive, I think. Yes. And I did not get the trilogy. It was like after that, cause the trilogy was a while ago and this was, they eventually just put the game up for down download digitally and so I just bought the first Mass Effect digitally. Because I still have Mass Effect 2 and 3 okay. on disc. Like, I still kept those. Um, so, yeah. Okay. And I didn't get my Mass Effect 2 Platinum. I did the Insanity mode, and I was, like, halfway through. And it was just not... It was so not fun Yeah, I just... Frustrating. I played the game on easy. Because yeah, so I just I mean, wanted to get through it and, like, experience the story right. and the character interactions again. Um, I gave up on that. But I did get the one on, on Mass Effect 3, because that one on Insanity Mode is so much easier because of the mo extra mobility that yeah, you have. Yeah, it plays way better. Yeah, yeah. There were definitely a couple points, though, where I was, like, wanting to give up, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Just infiltrator class, man. So OP. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what I played. I think I played... You usually... I thought you used to do a lot of biotic stuff. I did. I think on the... Because when I went back and played this... I was just I, I didn't realize that in order to carry over your progress, you had to stay the same class. Right. And so I think what I did was in the first one, I think I played an engineer because I just like the engineer. And then in the second one, I think I stuck with engineer. But the third game, engineer is like the hardest class to play because it's so squishy and like the the tech powers don't do that much damage. It's more of a support class. Right. And so in order to do a biotics class. I think I just used a save from the last time I played Mass Effect 3. So that my actual character didn't carry over. I just played a different version of my character. But I just wanted the Platinum. I played that game like a dozen times, so I didn't really care that much. Right. Um, yeah, Mass Effect's a good game. Yes, totally. I did... Um, what is the class where it's... You have tech abilities... Maybe maybe it's just infiltrator. I think yeah. I think it's just infiltrator. I think I. I mean, do you have the cloak power? In the first game, you don't have that. 
I don't think that's true. I think the Infiltrator has Cloak. No, in the first game, you do not have Cloak as Infiltrator. Because I know I had Marksman... I had the Marksman skill for sniper rifles and for pistols, and that's an Infiltrator thing. Yeah. Um, and I did not have... Hmm. You you get uh, uh, the immunity ability hmm. um, as infiltrator. That's like the whole point of the infiltrator. Yeah, that's that weird. that starts in Mass Effect Two. Yeah, uh, I, I think the only reason like infiltrator is good is because it's the only class where you can um, viably spec into sniper rifles and utilize them. Right. I think that's the only class that can actually use sniper rifles. Well, whatever it is like two thirds through the game. Oh no, that's I'm thinking of Mass Effect Two because in Mass Effect Two, once you go on the collector ship, you get an extra weapon class that you can use. Right. But, yeah, that's the second game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, first Mass Effect, really freaking good. I I will say. Spend way too much time in the Mako. Yes. Driving around. It's terrible. Um. That was my least favorite part. Also. Because it was on easy, and I'm like a completionist, so just running around, hacking everything and getting everything, um, and just like killing every enemy, uh, mm-hmm. I compile a lot of stuff, and at 150 items total, you cap right. out and you can't pick stuff right. up anymore. So you have to like, and the other weird thing that uh, the other thing that's weird about the game is you can't sell anything. You have to break it down into Omni Gel. And so, like, there are, like, things that are super expensive that you would want to buy, like, really nice armor or a really good sniper rifle or a gun or whatever or a good mod. But you can sell stuff. No. Yeah, you can. I, well, if you can, I couldn't figure it out in the menus. Yeah, it's like the whatever the tabs. You just need to go over a tab and it lets you sell your stuff. Well, shit. <laughs> yeah. I could have been selling all that crap back on the Normandy each time. That would have been nice. Yeah. It, whatever the vendor guy, you can go. I, it might actually be a different dialogue option. That might be what well, it there, is. Because there is no other dialogue option. And that's why I assumed I couldn't sell. Hmm. I know for a fact you can sell stuff. I don't know. Um, but it was extremely slow having to omni-gel scrap yeah, I bet. like 150 items. Yeah. It took a long time. And I, I, would just, <laughs> I went all in on using Tali and Liara. Um, I okay. didn't use anybody else. I wanted the girl squad because I'm Fem Shep, yo. Right. Evie Shepherd. I played Fem Shep in my um, platinum run. I like I like the voice actor. I, I like the I like male Shepherd voice actor too. But I really like Fem Shep's voice actor. I forget what mm-hmm. her name is. Um, but yeah, she's really good. And I wanted that hot hot Liara scene. I know, right? I got I, it, I, man. I fucked up. So, in the first game, I was with Liara, and then the second game, because she's not in it at all, but I knew, having played the third one, that she comes back. So, I stayed faithful to Liara, and then, so we had the whole, during the Shadow Broker thing, we had the whole conversation of, like, yeah, I still want to be with you. And so, we were together in that game, and then in the third one, before I got her, you know the the chick that's, like, the assistant on the Normandy yeah. in the third, third game, where she's kind of bisexual, depending on what you want. Right. I was just flirting with her for funsies. And then next time I saw Liara, she was like all standoffish and pissed and wouldn't get together with me. I fucked up. Dude. That was like the relationship of a lifetime. And I, I screwed it up just to flirt with the stupid assistant on the Normandy. I was very ashamed. You should But hey, be. man, it's my mistake. I got to live with it. I shouldn't have gone behind my girl's back. But yeah, so does Liara, and she's going to live lifetimes after you, dude. She's got to live with that longer. That's true. 
You're a bad man. Yeah, I am. You want to know what else is bad? What's bad? Homefront the Revolution. <laughs> I mean, I've never played it, but I could have told you that it was bad. I started and beat Homefront the Revolution in addition to Mass Effect these past couple of weeks. So it sounds like you should be thankful that you're going back to school. Because now there will be less time to play bad video games. Well, no, I'm done with this bad video game. <laughs> yeah, but at least you won't pick up another one. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's a good That's a good point. Um, so here's the thing about Homefront the Revolution. Um, mm-hmm. It's not good. Right. Um, I'll elaborate on why. So the first Homefront controlled poorly, was written poorly, had very bad graphics, like PS2-level graphics... And I think the one positive thing you could say about the game was that it had an interesting premise. Like, the yes. Koreans uh, occupy America, and you're, like, the fighting multiplayer, back. The multiplayer was not terrible. Okay. It wasn't good, I didn't but it wasn't, a lot of time it wasn't as it. bad as the rest of the game. Okay, okay. But, yes, the premise was, was interesting. Yes. It was handled so incredibly poorly. Like, yeah. that game was offensive in how, like, I don't understand how someone, some executive came in that from the publisher and said, like, yeah, we want to give money to that. Yeah, they were, like, one step away from using the word, and I'm not going to say it, but I'll spell it. G-O-O-K-S. They were like one step away from using that word the okay. whole game. Yeah, yeah. This game isn't also, nearly as bad. I also remember, and I wasn't working at GameStop at the time, but I remember going into the GameStop near where Mom's house was where I was living, and I would go in there like because I knew the guys in there. We would talk about games, blah, blah, blah. And I remember having uh, like basically models that were hired to go promote the original Homefront. Oh, boy. And they'd wear, like, their Homefront tees and just, like, hang out at GameStop. Yeah. And, like, talk to all the ugly nerds yep. and try to get them to pre-order Homefront. And I was like, this is the saddest marketing shit I have ever seen. That is this a is marketing like, scheme straight out of the late 90s, but they were like, doing it in, like, the late yeah. aughts. It was, it was, like, so much worse than a booth, babe. Yeah. Even. And I just felt so bad for these girls as well. Because, like, uh, I don't know what career path they're trying to follow. But, like, if that's the thing, that can't be what their dreams were. Yeah. To to convince sweaty nerds to pre-order a bad game. Hey, maybe some of them aren't sweaty. Yeah, they were, though. <laughs> they, were, they were, though. <laughs> <laughs> um... All right, I, like I, I'm not saying I'm the most handsome guy on the planet, but I was in, I was in, I was a one percenter in that GameStop. <laughs> how very humble of you! Um, so <laughs> no, I'm just saying that just shows you how ugly the fucking kids were okay. in Bellbrook, Ohio, that frequented the yeah. strip mall GameStop. It's a GameStop full of next to the Walmart. <laughs> Um, so Homefront Revolution. Yeah. It, it, it's better than the first So game? instead of that horrible racial slur, which I will say was not uttered in the first Homefront, I yeah. don't think, but it was just like one step away from it. I want, I want you to give me your top three guesses as to what the resistance fighters call the occupying North Korean forces. Oh, man. Top three guesses okay. as to what their, like, their slang term is. 
Okay, and understanding that I am purposefully being exceptionally racist. Okay. I do not believe any of these things. I am not condoning any of these things. But in my mind, if I were to imagine shitty racist writing, what would those things be? Okay. I just want to qualify that so people cannot use this out of context. The first one that would pop to my mind would be something to the effect of squinties, like squint eyes or squints. No. Um, This one, it actually, it isn't offensive. Oh. Well, then what's the point of this? It just sounds so fucking stupid. So these are North Koreans? North Koreans. How about Northeast? That's close, but no. No way. <laughs> okay. Northeast. It's not Northeast, but it's close to Northeast. I also I also like it because it's close to another word that I like using ironically. Mm. Close to Northeast. I don't know. I don't have a okay. yeah, I don't have a good guess. Norks. Norks? <laughs> norks. Okay, North Korea. Okay, Norks. <laughs> Let's go get those fucking Norks, man. Yeah, that's that's bad. That's, that's pretty not, dumb, isn't it? That's very dumb. What yeah. word is that like? North Korea uh, Narks. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or Dorks. Like, yeah, you like Dorks, Narks. That is a very bad name. Norks. North norks. Koreans. It sounds like some subsect of orcs. It's like when you're watching a science fiction movie and they go and like they're about to say the F word and you know they're about to say the right. F word and then they but say But it's a made Frel. up space version. Yeah. 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 Which actually I think yeah. I think Frell is from Oh god, what is that sci-fi show with the little hand puppet dude who's an All of them. an alien his name is Nigel Oh, crapola. Farscape. I think Frell might be from Farscape. But that sounds right. That show is campy on purpose and right. knows what it's doing when it says the word Frell. I'm talking more of like this came across as a sci fi movie, like the channel sci fi mm-hmm. movie, taking itself very seriously. And mm-hmm. instead of saying the F word, they say some stupid shit like that. Um,. It's so, a good way of getting around doing some saying something. It is it a way of getting around right. saying something. Sorry, yes, not good as in high quality, right. but like a smart way it's of effective. not being racist. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> making up your own stupid nork. That yep. is so dumb. It's so dumb. So here's another dumb thing about Homefront: The Revolution. There are sections of the game that, like, you're going into these highly populated, uh, dense city areas where they are they have the norks have a heavy presence okay so you have to like you have to maneuver around this city and try and avoid being within their eyesight like you kind of have to like Mm -hmm. sneak around them and stuff Mm -hmm. or you have to like keep civilians in between you and them but like the animation is not good and the movements are jerky and nothing feels good so that's not really possible to do um, so you just kind of have to like stick to the back alleys and avoid stuff. And there's a meter you can grow, and it just is a fist. And I forget what they call it. They refer to it as, but it's some other stupid term. But you're filling up the fist meter, and once that gets to 100%, then the people fight back. Oh, yeah. Um, it's the resistance meter. Exactly. Um, and you do that by saving civilians... Mm-hmm. Um, you get a whopping 2% for saving a civilian 
from wow. some altercation. You get 2% from destroying one of various loudspeaker propaganda machines. Um, you get 2% from destroying fuel tanks. So basically you have to do 50 of these things. Right. Anything. And it's just it's too many things. It's way too many mm-hmm. things. You get a big bump, like 8 or 10%, if you take over one of like the little points you can capture. Um, but if you at any point kill a civilian, it drops at like 20%. Wow. And so you're like, oh, no. I have yeah. to do more of this stupid yeah. shit. Um, and it's just a really bad part of that game. Uh, none of the guns feel good. The recoil is hard to adjust for. And it doesn't feel like the range on the weapons, if they're accurate ranges on the weapons, then they should have gone more arcadey because they're not fun to shoot with. Because, like, Mm -hmm. even the marksman rifle isn't accurate at long range Mm -hmm. um, until you, like, greatly spend a ton of money and upgrade it. Um, Yeah, and, like, there are, you can get dirt bikes and drive around. Uh, Those handle like crap. Um... It's mm, it's a bad game. The so what inspired you to play it? Um, I got was in that, a humble have bundle at some point. Um, yeah, like super cheap, and because I, I was morbidly curious uh, about what it would be like because the first game was so bad. Um, and I don't know. It just had been sitting in my backlog for a very long time, and I've been going through trying to like get stuff done so I can uninstall it and just forget <laughs> about it forever. Yeah. Um. And that's what I did. I beat it. I uninstalled it, and I will never play it ever again. Um, much like the next game, Hard mm-hmm. Reset Redux. So this is an old first-person shooter, sci-fi shooter. Um, I don't know if it was originally built on the Source Engine or not, but I started it, and it just it wasn't good, so I stopped it and uninstalled it. I got it. So what cheap. is it? It's just it's like it's just a sci-fi shooter where you're shooting these little robot animal machines. You're going and through this, this like, like a, cyberpunky city. Is it like a remaster of it? Yeah, I'm guessing. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying like to figure out why it's Redux. Exactly. Right. I think it has like better textures, but like all mm. all of the menu and interface stuff is still pretty archaic, um, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't feel good to play. It it feels like you're playing Half Life Two, which hey, right? I love Half Life Two. That game plays like crap. Yeah, it was yeah, novel, yeah. but it plays like crap, yeah. um, and it plays like that. Uh, well, again, again, why I I think it's a Source Engine game, I don't know for a fact, but so that sounds like several bad games. So right. Let me cut in and tell you yes. about a good game. Tell me about a good game, please. It's called Destiny Two. No, I'm just kidding. <gasps> it's called Octopath Traveler. Okay. Which I finally started. Good. So because I've been traveling. I um I brought I think I brought my switch with me when we went to Chicago for the wedding but didn't really have any time to try to do that we wanted to explore but when I was in Boston for this conference I was it was like I got in Monday evening really late and so I I think I my flight landed like 11 p.m. and so I was starving and I went to some bar that was nearby and I guess I was in some really ritzy area because it was a bunch of like fancy shops and hip bars and a bunch of people that are my age now but I still feel like I'm like 19 (laughs) trying to hang out with a bunch of 30 year olds even though I'm also a 30 year old now (laughs) and so I like sat at the bar and like there were a bunch of dudes that were out and this is a fucking Monday night by the way 
And so a bunch of dudes were out getting drunk, whatever. So I just got like a beer, side of fries, and just kind of like sat there. And my phone died because, of course, it did. So then I'm extra awkward. And I was just like watching replays of shitty soccer games. Like, I wish that I just want to be cool, man. I just want to be cool, and I'm not. And I don't know how to be cool. So anyway, that was the Monday night. And Tuesday, I was at the event like most of the day and then i had the evening and i was like okay i can go out and do that again or i can stay home and play some octopath traveler so i just stayed in the hotel and played it for a while and then i was at the event all day wednesday and then left right from there to go to the airport so i like didn't have that much time to do anything but i did want to at least play the game so i played at home for a bit and on the road for a bit um so i can kind of compare that home versus mobile so playing it at home is where I started the game, and I was like, seeing trailers and stuff doesn't do the game justice visually. Right. Like, it just, it's such a fucking cool look. It really does look like Minecraft with, like, realistic shader mods on, and it's such a unique f- way they frame the screen, and everything's yeah. kind of, like, dark and glowy. It's just they, a really awesome They do a awesome lot of look. really good depth of field stuff, too, um, yeah. that I think is neat. Um, on the go, I didn't love it as much because I was playing a lot at the airport as well, waiting for flights. And when I was in the hotel, it was fine. But at the airport, like out in natural light, Uh-oh. the screen, I just couldn't see shit because it was so much glare and so dark. Yeah, it's already and I pretty have, dark. Yeah, like I bought an anti-glare cover for the Switch and it just, I don't know if it's a shitty cover. I got the one that everyone online recommended or maybe there was just too much sunlight and so there, I, there was nothing they could do, but... It was pretty annoying to try to play on the go like that. Um, but, I mean, playing the Switch mobile is fun. Like, it has a nice big screen that you're using. Uh, overall, I would say the game, as far as the gameplay goes, it's not, like, the combat's not overly complex. It's pretty easy to figure out the rhythm up front. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see if that's going to change or become a little more difficult moving forward, because right now it's kind of easy. Um but I enjoy it. Like, when I come across a new area and new enemies, it's fun to cycle through the different weapons and magic to figure out what the weaknesses are, to get the breaks. When you're fighting bosses who have so much fucking health. Yeah. Like, it's it's fun to whittle down and strategize. Like, okay, I want to make sure I hit him once to do the final break. And then the next guy up, I can do the times four magic power that he's weak to to get extra damage. Like, that's fun to kind of strategize around. The story of it... And I guess it's more specifically, like, the writing I find to be kind of bad. Like, it's very JRPG. It's very that, cheesy. It just doesn't... That doesn't work anymore. Like, the there's some nostalgia to the cheesy writing and the melodrama and, like, the bad voice acting. Like, there's a little bit of nostalgia to yeah, that. But I, I think it, it, it's, it's leaning on that nostalgia yeah. and kind of like a for dear life way and like there are some tongue-in-cheek things so when i went and recruited primrose who's the dancer she has a whole sequence and there's like a dude that dies and he does the like shakespearean death thing where he takes forever to die and then like you think he's dead and then he pops back up and he dies again and it was like a funny moment but overall it it's like sometimes it's not taking itself seriously, but sometimes it's taking itself really seriously. Okay. And when it's taking itself really seriously, I'm kind of rolling my eyes. Yeah. Um, 
I also I started with the thief character because I thought mechanically he'd be cool because I can steal from fucking anybody, and you better believe I'm stealing from fucking everybody. But <laughs> Me too. his character, he's a douchebag, and so I'm kind of like, ugh, he's my guy. That I don't love as much. And so I only have three people so far. I have the thief, obviously. I got the apothecary, who's pretty boring. And then I got Primrose, who's the dancer, who I like. But she has that whole, like, Mary Sue, almost. Like, she's too much of a badass because they're overcompensating for the fact that she's a stripper. So it's like, I don't know. I think it's a really, really good game. I'm enjoying my time with it. But there are a couple things, like the writing, where I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm not... I'm wanting to skip through some of the dialogue stuff, which yeah. I, I don't like to do in a game that's so focused on the characters in the story. Right. But I'm not getting that much out of it. Yeah, and I heard also that um, I don't think the stories ever do tie into each other. Yeah. And there's like, yeah. there's really, there's very little acknowledgement, if any, of like what characters are with the character whose story you're currently working on. Right. Um, and I wish there was more of that. It, feel, it feels like a missed opportunity. I mean, it, it would have made development more complicated, for sure. Yes. But it feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah, it would be a more interesting narrative. Because, like, right now, like, you walk up to the dude who's the new companion, and then he's like, hey, do you want to help me solve my problem? And you're like, yeah, sure. And then you do it, and then he's just part of your party now. Right. Like, there's nothing that you're actually being involved in it. You're just kind of along for the ride, and then they're along for the ride with you on your story. Yeah, it, it feels like eight deep, disparate stories that, because they don't interact, makes it feel shallow. Yeah. Yeah, so... I don't know. It it's it sucks because, like you said, it, it's a missed opportunity where this game could be phenomenal, but it is more of a B tier game. I get that they can't focus in every area, and I think the things that it does well, it does do them very well. The music as well is absolutely phenomenal. Oh yeah. So um, I, I'm excited to keep playing with it and get kind of all my guys because right now, you know, I only have three characters, and some of their weapons and stuff cross over. So I feel like I'm gonna have a lot more fun with the strategy once. Everyone has their unique role to play, um, especially when it comes to, like, the special powers. The Apothecary, he can kind of create items from other items, and I just, I don't really engage with that kind of thing. It reminds me of Riku from Final Fantasy X, and that's just, I just don't, I'm just not that interested in going about it that way. I would rather just be a little more traditional. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so, uh, yeah. What else you got? I mean, we, we have some Destiny to talk about. Don't get me wrong. We did right. play some Destiny. But let's save that for last. Yeah, so, so what other games do you have? Apart from Destiny, um, I booted up No Man's Sky. I don't remember if I talked about this last episode or not. I don't um, think so. I did? I don't, no, I don't think you, you did. You don't think? Okay. Um, so, with the whole next update and everything, I wanted to see what was going on with it and like the changes. Because I played it when it initially came out. Um, and then fell off pretty hard for obvious reasons. Um, so I wanted to give it another shot. And there's definitely, there's a lot more to it, and there's a lot of interesting elements, but there's still that feeling of, like, like nothing I do or build or discover really matters because of the vastness of the universe. Hmm. I feel like, like there's always going to be another planet that I can go to, so, like, why build a base here? You know, yeah. like I can fast travel back and forth, but like ultimately, what am I really doing? And I, I, I have not. It's such a grind to get all the blueprints for the things that you want to build, 
Like, you have to find these hidden buried treasure things all over the planet. And it's just, it's not convenient to get around yet because I don't have a rover. Um, I did just buy a new ship, though, that has a butt-ton of slots. Um, I was really happy with it. Uh, I just, I waited at a spaceport for, like, an hour Mm -hmm. inspecting all the ships that flew in um, until I finally found one that I liked and I bought it. Um, And I'm... I'm not at the point in the story where I can get a freighter yet. So I'm, I, I would like for that to happen so I could store my various ships on the freighter and kind of use that to travel around and mm-hmm. then even, like, utilize that as kind of a mobile base and, like, have a teleporter in there that could go to all my different planets and stuff like that. So, I don't know. It, it's just, it's going to take a lot more time right. before I get into the stuff that I think is going to be really cool, more of the end game stuff. Right. Um so I don't have a whole lot to talk about it thus far. Um, I think a lot of the inventory management and a lot of the way you interact with the world is um, less polished than it should be. And there are a lot of things that you have to do that are unnecessary. And a lot of the systems don't interact well. Um I think that's just a product of how this thing has changed over time, the small development studio and the nat- and the nature of it being procedurally generated. Yeah. Um so I don't know. Jury's still Are you going to keep playing it? I I I will keep playing it. Um So I mean there must be something there cuz I I, I want to see what that freighter thing is like and okay. sending stuff out on missions like having a fleet right. of ships and stuff that sounds really cool. And like mm-hmm. I know you can get NPCs like in your base that you can like trade with and have them do stuff. Um I want to explore those systems and see how they work. So there's at least yeah. that element of it driving me, but I have a feeling it's going to take a while to get there. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. Um and I I Giant Bomb just, uh, they did a play date where they played some Besiege. Um, okay. And Besiege is a game that came out a long, long time ago. I played it when it was in early access, so like a f- like first release in early access. And it's basically, it's like a, a machine builder. Like you build these contraption right. machines and you use them. You have to build it tailored to the level you're on to accomplish the task it wants you to accomplish. And that might just be get from point A to point B or kill this many soldiers and it has a really fun like kind of a miniatures art style to it mm-hmm. um otherwise other things like destroy this tower or a certain percentage of the things on this map um and it's uh it's just like the mechanics of the like the physics behind all of the pieces and how they interact with each other it's sometimes hard to predict but when it doesn't go right it's usually produces like funny or ridiculous results um so it's just like a fun game i've made it to the level 15 the final level of the first little section of levels um so i'm looking forward to putting some more time into that because it's just like a fun kind of solve this problem by creating something wacky and like there's also i I remember I experimented with it yeah. when it came out, and it I wasn't. It was when it was fully released, and I remember BWO I think had a series on it yes. as well for yeah. for a bit that I watched. Um, it seemed like a very neat idea, but it was one of those like little big planet style things where I I appreciated it more than I actually enjoyed doing it. So I, I just I, I never really engaged fully with it. Right, right. 
Um, and like there, you can like download other people's creations into the sure. different levels and play them. Yeah. Like, um, I at one point I had downloaded someone's like biplane that they had built. Mm. Um, and the thing is, like, you you're mapping all of these different functions to these different keys. So when you download someone's thing, you got to figure out what keys go to what thing, and then you're like doing okay. this weird twister game on your keyboard trying yeah. to get it to work properly. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Besiege is an interesting game. Um, and then finally, to my shame, um, I have been playing Farmville Tropic Escape on my phone because I just need to oh, get okay. away it's from it all, game. Shay. I when should... I saw that you, I saw in our show notes that you had written Farmville, I was like, "Are you playing a Facebook game? Is that still around?" So the reason I, I've been watching the Giant Bomb ten year anniversary videos, and one of them was way back when they. Um, had Ben before Ben came back. Uh, ben as an intern, and see mm-hmm. C- no, what is, I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, but the two interns, um, actually no, it was Matt Kessler and another intern is who it was. They gave them like ten dollars to spend on Farmville back when it first came <laughs> okay. out on Facebook, and they had to yeah. see who could get to a like get a better farm within the first yeah. week, like the better return on the the $10 investment. Um, and I was like, man, I played a lot of Farmville on Facebook hmm. back in the day. I was like, wonder what Farmville's up to now. <laughs> and then I saw this. So I've been playing it. It's just... Boy, howdy. What a fucking garbage heap. Is it free to play? Yes. Is it one of those microtransactions? Oh, yeah. Uh, whatever they call it, where you're, you have a timed... Thing where you no. can purchase to, okay. Well, uh, so it is. It's timed in that like your crops have time before they finish growing. You can harvest yeah. them and replant them. Can you, you have, buy crystals to speed up the time? Um, they're diamonds. Shay. Exactly. So yes, it is one of those. But actually, no. You can't. You okay? You can use the diamonds to speed up time, but you can PS. also earn hourglasses, and you can use those in place of diamonds. But how? For, are, how? But for crops, you have to use sunlight, and you can get sunlight by watering your and fertilizing your neighbor's crops if you have friends on your friends list. It's a so, fucking one of those games, man. How how are diamonds speeding up your growth of your plants? Do you like infuse diamonds in the soil, so it's like unbreakable? No, the diamonds plants? focus the light from the sun. Nope. Into the plant. Nope. And it's nope. like ultra photosynthesis. I'm not buying that. No. Are these like actual diamonds, or are they uh, like? honed diamonds because like diamonds when they come out of the earth don't look like the diamonds that are in rings no are they're these... they're like they're like a princess cut diamond yeah exactly that's not refracting shit maybe it is no i'm not buying it why well, would you use diamonds like, why would to you make not your buy plants it, grow fat? they have a deal right now 5.99 it will net you 200 diamonds so what do you do with your what do you do with your plants when they grow you harvest you them get? And then they have all of these different, like, there's a bakery, and there's a grill, there's, like, a sushi thing, because it's a tropical-themed thing. So there's, like, a a beauty products thing. There's all this crap. So are you selling them to these outlets? No. So you own those outlets. This is your island, bro. 
You own okay. the island. It's your resort. So they're fueling. So they're fueling you, the different you shops. Pump items that into people them, will... and they uh-huh. produce different products based on okay. what items you want to put in. And then, and so you you're have, selling like, those products for money. Right. Exactly. And then so the he... money you can use to like buy cosmetic stuff, like decorations, or like buy more farm plots, more trees. So let me, let me, with coconuts let me blow on your them. mind. Let me blow your mind real quick. Yeah. You know what else you can use to buy customizable things? What? Diamonds. Oh, shit! <laughs> I'm just blowing this whole trade up, son. Why would you use the diamonds to make your plants grow faster? That you use the plants to fuel the shops. So you can sell the shit from the shops to buy shit. Use the diamonds to buy shit. Come on now. So, I'm on some uh, pro-level... Um, don't spend any money strats right now. So all of your crops go into your silo and your Mm -hmm. silo only has so many spaces. Now all Mm -hmm. the products that you make from the different stations go into your boathouse and your boathouse only has so many slots. So you can like get specific materials by going on like diving, sending people on diving expeditions or other stuff like that, or playing these little mini games that refresh every eight or 12 hours. And there's a random chance to get the things you need to upgrade them. Or you can spend some diamonds to upgrade those. So you can store more stuff. What's the fucking point? No, I don't. What are you doing? Like, what is the goal of this? What do you think the goal is Shay to get more shit? <laughs> to get further into this game to the point where I'm so heavily invested, I have to fucking spend money on it. Yeah. That's the goal. This sounds like another one of those. It is. Of yeah. course it is. So why are you playing this one instead of any of the other dozens? Just because it's Farmville? Because it's Farmville and, and nostalgia. the tropic theme appealed to okay. me in the summer All months. Right. Okay. I was like, hey, you know what? Work's coming up. I need a vacation. There you go. Where I can spend diamonds like it's nothing. Correct. Sounds like a bad game. Yeah, and you know, maybe now that I think about it, there's some kind of an implication of, hey, you're running this resort, but you have this mysterious contact who you can, like, purchase blood diamonds from to, like boost your resort and make it better but it's evil but it's evil that see that sounds like an interesting game this is my head cannon <laughs> okay for farmville <laughs> tropic escape right, right. <laughs> so you've played a lot of bad games basically is what you're saying i mean besiege besiege is a good game yeah mass effect is a great game mass effect is a very good game but some other not so good games right and you know you what? Want to know what I, else I think, is a bad game? Uh, yes. Just say <laughs> it's it. Destiny Two. Yep. I'm, just, I'm trying to move us along here. I we know. Spent Fifteen minutes talking about fucking Farmville. I know. So Destiny Two is a video game. We're still playing that we it. We talk about all the time because we're still playing it because we hate ourselves. Well, actually, I'm done playing it now. You're done. Done. You don't have anything else that you're trying to do. No. What's the point, dude? I have level 400 gear. Well, okay. Okay, so to set the stage, so they recently put out a new event called Solstice of Heroes, 
where you can earn level 400 armor, which is the only way you can get level 400 armor before Forsaken. Forsaken comes out in September. To do this requires, guess what, grinding, because it's destiny, and that's all you do in this game is grind the same shit over and over again. And so to do it, like, you have to replay some of the story missions, you have to get a bunch of kills with different classes and weapon types, you have to play crucible matches, you have to do adventures, you have to do strikes, you have to do all the same shit you've already been doing, but you need to do it again to get this better armor. While you're wearing the armor, too. While you're wearing the armor. So... Congrats, Kyle, for having your level 400 gear. I do not yet. Better hurry I have up. Not, I know. I haven't played it as often because you don't have a fucking job. And Cody basically doesn't have a job. So you guys can just sit and play together all day. And I don't have that luxury to waste my life playing Destiny. <laughs> so I still have a little bit of work to do. I will get it done before Forsaken comes out. I just need to do some Crucible matches. And I need, I need to do the Nightfall... I think that might be all I have at this point. Um, oh, I need to get grenade kills with my whatever solar class, but I'll be able to get that stuff done. It's more just what day do I want to hate my life the most because that's when I'll play Crucible. Yeah. So it's fine. I get why they're doing this. It is cool. You can get some level 400 armor. The armor looks cool. And so they're like additional customizations and stuff that are specific to Solstice of Heroes, new uh, shaders, that sort of thing. I guess for me, it's I would have liked this more and more, been more interested in it if you had options of accomplishments. So, like, you have three different things you have to do for each armor thing. So, like, hey, in order to level up your helmet, you have to play this mission, you have to do the Nightfall, and you have to get 200 kills with a solar power weapon. It would have been more cool if, like, there were eight things that you could do and you had to do four of them. You know what I mean? Like give you give me a little bit more power over what in content I want to engage with. And basically my reasoning behind this is fuck them for making me play the Crucible. That's really the point I'm trying to get to. Right. Yeah. Cuz if I would have been able to do this and not play Crucible, I would have got it done a lot faster because I hate the I'm just putting it off cuz it's I hate it so much. It's bad. So that I mean I I would have felt more engaged with this grindy process if I had choice. Because that's one of the at least benefits of Destiny, is to do the grind to make the numbers go up. There are a million fucking things that you can do to make that happen. Right. So you have the power to choose what shit you want to grind so that you can grind some more shit. And in this, like, you have to grind the same shit to get the same grindy shit. Destiny's a bad game. Correct. But... We also did play through the Eater of Worlds raid lair. So we had played through the raid last podcast, and now they had introduced two layers, which are like mini raids, in lieu of doing a full-on raid, because no one that works at Bungie gives a shit anymore. So we did one of them, called Eater of Worlds, and I thought it was pretty decent. Yeah, it was I liked a it. lot more platforming than puzzles or combat to be fair we were playing through with people that had done it before so it's kind of just like here's what you do next right we weren't having to solve anything but it was a lot of platforming and then the one last boss was uh very more a lot more complicated to defeat but i found that boss to be better than fighting Callus in the Leviathan raid yeah. because that there are so many systems and this is what kind of what we talked about when we talked about the raid 
there's so much where you have to have perfection. You have to do the exact right thing at the exact right time while other people are doing the same exact right thing at the exact right time. Otherwise, you're fucked. And that's it. And with this, there was a lot more teamwork and callouts that needed to happen. But, like, if we screwed up one round that didn't totally fuck us over, we could compensate for that. Right. And that I like. It, it encourages teamwork without making me feel like it. if we fail, it was because one little thing went wrong. And this, if we failed, it was because we weren't communicating right or we didn't prepare enough or whatever other reasons. So that I liked a lot more than I liked the actual raid. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite thing about the raid layer was that when we beat it, it gave me credit for beating both of the raid layers. So I don't have to <laughs> right. play the other so one ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's pretty I cool. Still want it. I still want to do the other raid layer just to see it because that content is the best content in Destiny. We already put so much fucking time into Destiny. Why wouldn't we want to see the best that it has to offer? Yeah. But it is nice that now we don't have to do whatever it is some something stars eater of worlds something of stars shitter of stars the yeah there you go you eat worlds and shit stars yes exactly that's the <laughs> Bingo, nailed it. cycle of life <laughs> so yeah man it's i'm still going to be playing destiny 2 i'll probably play a little bit tonight to maybe i'll do some crucible actually no I don't want to do Crucible on Sunday evening before I go back to work. That's a bad way to start the week. <laughs> Maybe I'll just do some strikes and grind some other stuff. But it is, I mean, it, it, as far as, like, time-waste games go, there are worse options than Destiny. But I am not playing Destiny because I'm having a good time with it. I don't think I've ever had a good time with Destiny. <laughs> and I've played easily over 100 hours of that game. Right. It's so stupid. Well, what What else? Beyond the worlds of video games, we can keep things moving. What have you watched? I saw Infinity War. Okay. Like a month and a half after it came out? Yep. Wait, didn't it come out in May? So you're like way late. Yeah. You're like three months late. Yeah. And? And what? How was the movie? Oh, the movie. Oh. <laughs> um, it's stupid. Really? Yeah. Okay, first off, I hate Spider-Man. It's a bad portrayal of Spider-Man. I think it's dumb. Um, second off, there was no Hawkeye, which was great, but also they didn't kill Hawkeye. <laughs> so I'm kind of worried about what the next Infinity War chapter is going to contain. Um, right. The third one, most of the characters they killed I don't care about, but a couple I do. So that's unfortunate. Well, they didn't kill them. They're all coming back to life. Come on. Uh, yeah, None of I them guess. are staying dead. I guess. But it means they won't be in the next movie. Yes, they will. The theory is, which I subscribe to, is that they're every, everyone that quote-unquote died is trapped within the stones. And so they're going to get them out somehow. And that will be part of the story in the second one. I don't think they're going to wait and have them all come back to life like at the end of it. That's too many characters that we're going to be without the whole movie. I don't know. I think that whole story's kind of dumb. I'm with you. Yeah. Like the the ending to that movie I thought was pretty insane and I kind of appreciated it where it was like good guys lost. Yeah. Like and then that shot of Thanos at the end Smiling. where he's like ah all in a day's work, yeah. kind of feel like that. I liked that ending because it was open like a cold holy one shit. with the boys. Yeah, yeah. So, 
that I appreciated it. I, I thought the kind of the the impact of it was a little bit lessened for me because you know they're all like they've already announced the next Spider-Man movie. Like, come on, guys, you, is you really think Peter Parker is going to be dead? Yeah. So a little bit of that impact was gone. But I, I thought it was good. I, I, I think they, when I did my ranking, it's in like the upper half of Marvel movies. Yeah, I guess. They they tried too hard to make Thanos like a sympathetic character. Well, they certainly didn't succeed. No, but they tried really hard to make it happen. Yeah, but I get that, though. Like, that was kind of the whole point. Is like that what that's what a good villain is is even if you don't agree with him at least you want to be able to understand his perspective. But I still couldn't understand his perspective. Why? Because he thinks that you have to wipe out half of the universe in order for the other half to survive. Right. Doesn't make any fucking sense, dude. The universe is infinite. Well. Just but go somewhere aren't. else, dude. No, but it's not that easy. He's also like a borderline god. Like, he understands the full fathoms of the universe. He thinks I'm, he again, does. Right, exactly. I'm not saying that he is right or what he is doing is right. But his reasoning, I thought, is very clear. And that's all you can ask for a villain. Okay, yes. I, I, I don't understand his reasoning. I, I know. I don't sympathize with his reasoning. Yeah. But I do understand why. Yeah. That, okay. Sure. Yes. Right. Okay. And to me, that's a well-written villain. Like, it's not as black and white as that, but that's kind of like the checkbox for me. Do I get why he's doing what he's doing? And I feel like that was very clear. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because there are plenty of villains where it's like, why is he even going after this MacGuffin? Like, why does any of this matter? And that's shitty writing. So, I don't know. I, I liked it. But... As someone like you that isn't engaged with a lot of the Marvel stuff and has bad opinions on Spider-Man, I get why you would care less. I do have negative opinions on Spider-Man, yes. Mm-hmm. You're... I don't, I don't get it. I don't get you. <laughs> I don't understand you anymore. I just... I don't know, man. I... I liked those Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Not the third one, surely. No, not really. Um, the first I like the those first two Tobey Maguire Spider Man yes. movies. Just they're very good. They're fun and they're feel good. And he's like weird and quirky. Sure. Um, he's just like a weird looking acting dude. Okay. Everything since then has just been like generic crap. And then like this most portra- this most recent portrayal of him is just fucking annoying. He's just obnoxious. I'm just like the whole time I was like, shut the fuck up. So let me let me let me throw something out there, dude. Peter Parker is obnoxious. The character. I love Spider-Man. But his whole like like he has to quip after everything, he's annoying. That's the character. And I guess that doesn't translate to real time like live action. Because See, I it, like it's that. fine in a comic book when you're going panel by panel. Yeah. But when it, it's like, come on, dude. Just fuck See, the guy up. To me, Tom it. Holland is like the ideal 
characterization of like he's what he's the Christian Bale of Spider-Man where we've seen portrayals in the past that had bits and pieces of what I want and he's the one that kind of ties it all together because I liked Tobey Maguire but he was too nerdy he was too dorky where I didn't buy that he could be a superhero and he also wasn't funny and then Andrew Garfield was too cool like he was like hipster Spider-Man and I hated that I'm a big Andrew Garfield fan I think he's a brilliant actor and I loved the the chemistry that he had with Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. But, like, I didn't buy that he was the scientist Spider-Man. And with Tom Holland, I mean, he's not as much of a scientific genius as the comic book Peter Parker is. But I feel like he has the perfect balance of all the qualities of what I want. That's why I like him so much. I agree with you on all those points, except for the fact that Andrew Garfield is a good actor. I think he's a pile of fiery garbage. Um, How many fucking movies have you seen Andrew Garfield in? Enough to have an opinion on it. Like um, three? Actually, probably yes. Um, yeah, so that's not enough to have an opinion on three you, you films. Didn't like him in, you, okay, and two of them were Spider-Man. So you've played, seen him play no, two I characters. No, I saw the first, whatever, Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw the first one of that. And then I saw him in... Um, Wait, hold on. Yeah, I will wait. Was he in the I'm Facebook movie? I'm calling you movie? out on this shit. He was the yes. guy in the Facebook movie, The social right? network? Yes. Yeah, yes. he sucked in that. No. You're so full of shit. You don't remember a fucking thing from that movie. You're so full of shit. <laughs> I remember you don't remember him at him all. That movie. No, you don't. No. I'm no way. I know you I know you too well to believe that. You do not remember a single line, a single scene that he was in, but you've conceived this narrative that you don't like Andrew Garfield, and so now you're making yourself remember that you didn't like his performance. You are so full of shit and I'm not letting you get away with it. <laughs> you have no idea how right you are right now. I, I Dude, I'm your older brother, Kyle. I've known you your entire life. <laughs> you can't get away with this with me. <laughs> Man. P.S. He was the best part of that movie. I didn't particularly care for that movie, but I thought he was brilliant in it. So, your completely falsified opinions of Andrew Garfield aside. Okay, what about this? What about this? Yeah. People think he's handsome and I'm jealous, so I don't like him. Okay, sure. Is that a shallow reason to not like someone? Absolutely, but I can't call you wrong for that because I feel the same way about plenty of actors. <laughs> I totally get it. But you can't say that he's a bad actor based upon that. Like, I can look at someone like Channing Tatum and like, I, yes, oh. am I jealous of him because he's like the it guy in Hollywood and everyone's in love with him? Sure, but he's also a bad actor. So I right. can hate on him for that, for being a bad actor. Andrew Garfield is a brilliant actor. If you go see anything serious he has done, he is amazing. Not liking okay. his portrayal of Spider-Man is totally fine. I didn't particularly care for his portrayal of it. But I felt I just felt like he was wrong for the character. I don't even really blame him so much for that. I just think he's the wrong person. He's too cool. He's too charming. He's too good looking to play Peter Parker. Not that Tom Holland is ugly. I think he's a... He's a fine-looking, charming young boy. <laughs> but he has that, like... Like, when I was his age, when I was a fan of Spider-Man when I was, like, early in high school, that's how I imagined the character. Because, like, he's he's un, he's enough like me that I'm like, I could be like that. I could be Spider-Man. 
Does that make sense? That's what that's what I like about him. Yeah, and I guess uh, so. What I don't, it's probably not. I I think you're right, and I think that he is portraying Spider-Man properly for the first time. But I think I don't like it because the character of Spider-Man, when translated from the original media, yeah, is annoying. Yeah, sure. I buy that. I think yeah. that's what I don't like. Right. Right. I like I, reading yes. me in a comic where it's panel by panel, and the I, 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 somehow the, the quippy stuff is charming because I get to insert my own voice into right. it. But when I'm watching someone else do that, and I don't have creative input as it's happening on any level, then I think that's when it's annoying, I guess. Sure. Maybe, maybe that's it. See, and and this is, I mean, it's only for me, but I look at him, I compare him to, like, Flash from the Justice League movie, mm. where he was so annoying and unfunny and uncharming. Like, his attempts at humor were so anti-humor that I hated everything about him. Right. Spider-Man, like, he is also annoying. He's the young kid who's trying to be funny, and he fails a lot at it, and he's awkward and quirky, but... To me, Tom Holland has the charm necessary to make him that to make that kind of annoying character still be endearing. And that's just for me. So clearly if you don't feel that way about him, that's why he's more annoying to you. Okay, also I haven't seen the Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland in it. I'm going okay. off of Tom Holland from right, the little bit from Civil, Civil War, War and this. Yes, and yeah. this. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know that Spider-Man Homecoming would like change your mind, but it obviously gives you additional context for how he is seeing a whole movie of just him. Right. And then uh, at that point maybe I would have been more desensitized to sure that aspect his style. of his yeah, yeah, exactly. So, All right. I don't know. Infinity War, it's a I, you know, I like I used to be excited about the Marvel movies, and I right. don't know when I turned so hard on them. Yeah, that would be interesting to think back through. That would be interesting, because for for like in the beginning, I was hyped all the time, and then once they had a couple of misses, like the Thor movies and like Iron Man three, but like after they had after all of them weren't amazing anymore. Right. That's when I was kind of up and down. Depending on what it was. Yeah. Like, I was super hyped for Civil War. I was super hyped for Spider-Man. But, like, the Doctor Strange movie, I was like, eh, whatever. It was okay. Ant-Man, I was like, eh, whatever. And I liked both of those. I mean, I thought Doctor Strange was better than Ant-Man. But, like, now, even for something like Infinity War, which I did like. I didn't love it, but I did like it. I was not that excited at all to see it. And certainly, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I talked about last episode, like... I only went out of obligation. I really didn't give two shits about it. Right. So yeah, I've definitely it's that that bell curve has gone down where I'm not even excited sometimes. I mean, I'll, I'm I'll be excited for the next Spider-Man just because I really like that character. But for in- Infinity War Part Two, I don't even care that much about that. Right? Yeah, I really kind of sad. Need a I need a break from superhero movies, which isn't going to happen. They're going to run it into the ground, which until they reboot it all. <laughs> right. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe after Infinity War Part Two ends, and like if they retire a lot of the old heroes and focus more on the new ones, 
that might engage a little bit more excitement. Like maybe Captain Marvel will be awesome. If they do some other things like that, maybe that will get that excitement back up. Yeah, you have to wonder if like tired. maybe that's kind of what they're planning is the big old guard are gone by the end of part two. And so well, they they've just, already they just, said they bring in like new names. Yeah, like I mean, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. have already said Infinity War Part Two is our last one. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know if uh, Chris Hemsworth has said the same thing about Thor, but I mean, like they're already planning. I think they have announced, or maybe it was just a rumor about a Black Widow movie, which should have been done years ago at this point. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, like. If they keep continuing, like, Ant-Man, I don't care so much. But Captain Marvel could be really cool. I'm sure we'll get another Black Panther, which I don't care about. But uh, there, there's other opportunities for characters that could keep the Marvel Universe going and keep me being excited about it. But I think at its core, it's just the superhero stuff has been going for so fucking long. I mean, it's been a decade. that yeah. it's like, I mean, we've been getting two to three movies a year for a decade. I'm just kind of done. Yeah, that's heavy and saturation. That's not, and that doesn't even mention all the DC stuff too, and like all the extra Spider-Man stuff that we're still getting. I mean, Sony, the Sony, like they have. Yeah, yeah. There's just so much superhero stuff. It's just too much at some point. But plenty of time talking about that. So, um, as far as new movies go, literally an hour before we started the podcast, I got back from watching Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, which was very good. I am trying to remember and, like, compare them in my mind, because that's what I do. And I'm having a really hard time differentiating Rogue Nation and the other one. Ghost after Protocol. Mission Impossible. Ghost Protocol. Yeah. I have a really hard time those differentiating those Those are, like, the same two. movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I head. didn't... I, whichever one came second, I didn't even know it existed because I, I think ghost protocol came second. So rogue nation was first. I'm just making that assumption. So I didn't see rogue nation until like a year after it came out. And then by that point, I think ghost protocol was coming out and I didn't see it. And so like in my mind, they were only one movie. And so I saw rogue nation and thought it was done. And then like we were, ghost I think protocol Kelly and I were visiting, was first. Yes. Fine. Whatever. So I think Kelly and I were visiting dad at one point. And we saw, like, he had recorded Rogue Nation, which apparently is the second one. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that. But I'll watch it again. Yeah, let's go ahead. And then as we were watching, I was like, I haven't seen this. I did not know this movie existed. (laughs) So, like, that's kind of how I feel about Mission Impossible now. The first movie is in my top ten movies of all time. I fucking love that movie. I like all the Mission Impossible movies. The second one's probably the weakest, but they all have a lot of fun to them. But other than the first one, they're all just kind of, like, forgettable action movies. They're very easy to watch. They're very intense and crazy and over the top. They're very fun. But like with these other ones, like I won't remember Fallout in a year. I won't know. I won't remember what happened. But I would gladly watch it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it, it was. it's a very fun time. It's not this amazing, awesome, reinventing the genre action movie. But it's more of Mission Impossible. And so if you like that, which most people do, you're going to like Fallout. That's kind of the most that I can say about it. There are, there's a twist that happens that like was choreographed so far in advance. Oh yeah. I forgot that you had seen it. I forgot that you already saw it. Yes. So I mean, without spoiling it, maybe we'll talk about it at some other point in the future, but it was like, it was so obvious so early 
that I thought it <laughs> wasn't going to be, be the a answer. twist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, like, I was like, I mean, it can only, this can only be the answer. But I figured it would it would just, like, happen and it would be obvious. But they treated it like it was this big reveal. And I was very confused why. And, like, I'd be curious to know if anybody didn't see that coming because it was so obvious. And, like, it was like they didn't even try to conceal it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it I guess the only weird. thing I would say is maybe they were intending for the chick to be more of a misdirection than she really wound up being. Okay. I could see that. Or the boss, maybe. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. But a very fun movie. I, I thought the music was exceptionally good in this. It stood out to me as, like, really driving that action. There are so many big over-the-top sequences where, like, you want to roll your eyes at how absurd they are. But it's a movie, so it's fine. Right. Uh, but it was a good time. I'm, I'm glad I went and saw it in a theater because it kind of had that, that big impact. Yeah. Um, did you pick up on the blonde chick? Uh-huh. Did you pick up on who she really is? Who she really is. I think she's Job's daughter. I don't know who Job is. Job, oh, from the first, from the first Mission first Impossible. Movie. Because she looks like her, she talks like her, she acts like her with like a little bit extra twist of crazy. I think she's supposed to be Job's daughter. I think I read somewhere that that is actually true. I would need to go back. It's been a while since I watched the first one. I would need to go back and pay attention to that specifically. But no, I didn't get any of any of that okay. from this. Because like, as, as soon thought, as she started talking, I was like, oh, she's I thought just it was, like her. I thought it was Kate Blanchett. The oh. voice sounded exactly like... And I knew she was a tall blonde. And so I thought maybe it was like stunt casting that Kate Blanchett to come do this scene. <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't know. It, it was a fun time. And, and like, I kind of want to go through and watch them all. Oh, for just sure. Just so I can actually remember the pieces in the other ones besides the first, just cause it's like, they're just so every, they're, they're just all the same movie. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're all and like part of kind it, of wacky. Yeah. They all definitely have a sense of humor. Yeah. That's part of the fun of it. That, that's what separates it from James Bond to me. Cause especially the recent ones that with Daniel Craig, those movies take themselves so seriously right. that they're, they're not as fun to me. They're a little too dramatic. Yeah. Mi- um, like the newer, like, I really every Mission Impossible after the first one um, has felt like more of a modern take on classic James Bond. Yes, where it's like a little campy almost. Right. Yeah. So it's good. It's a good movie. Um, as far as TV goes, been watching a lot of the same stuff. Still grinding away at Seinfeld. I am almost done with season eight. Watched a couple more episodes of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee while I was in Boston when I was late one night just because I wanted something on TV while I was playing Octopath Traveler. Uh, I also watched – or no, this was when we were in Chicago because Kelly wasn't feeling very well. And so when we were in the hotel, we didn't like want to go do a bunch of stuff early in the morning and late at night. And so we watched a lot of HGTV, <laughs> a lot of Fixer Upper, a lot of House Hunters. Those are very fun shows, very easy to watch shows when you're looking to kill some time. Um Watch. We started the new season, or I guess it's one season old of Project Runway because we had finished Top Chef, so we're watching Project Runway now. That's like our competition show. We gave up on World of Dance just because we we're so annoyed with fucking Jennifer Lopez and her bullshit. But we're still watching So You Think You Can Dance, which is the good dance show. And they're like on the actual show now, so everything was like the precursor to cut down to the final ten, and now they're in the final ten. 
and uh, they had the first quote unquote live episode where they did all their partner dances. And so the next one, the first person is going to get cut and it's very obvious who's going to get cut. And I feel sorry for them because people that compete on the show, they all have their own style. So they have contemporary dancers, jazz dancers, ballroom dancers, tap dancers, and tap is such a fucking difficult style of dance. Because like, if you're a hip hop dancer, there's stuff that you can take from hip hop to apply to ballroom or to contemporary and vice versa. There are like core elements of body movement that you can adapt. Doesn't make it easy, but you can do it. But tap is so singular and specific in its technique that being the best contemporary dancer in the world doesn't mean that you can tap for shit without training on tap. And so the tap dancers have always done their own tap routines and danced with other tap dancers, but no one that is a non-tap dancer has ever had to do tap on the show because it's so hard. Right. This was the first time ever where they partnered a tap dancer with a non-tap dancer and made the non-tap dancer do a tap routine. And it was painful. Oy. It was painful. I felt so sorry for this girl. And she will 100% be the one who gets cut. And that's not really her fault. I think she is the weakest dancer of the 10 anyway. They did a different routine where her partner tap dancer guy did her style of jazz. And that she still wasn't very good in that either. So, like, I think she deserves to go. But if that if she... If I was her, I would be so fucking frustrated at having to be the only person to ever have to do tap. And, like, she has, like, a week. And she's, like, she's taken, like, a tap dance class in the past. But, like, come on. It just seems unfair. Yeah, that's So crazy. she's going to get cut. It sucks. What are you going to do? Um, and finally, football is almost back. So I won't bore everybody talking about football. But I watched some football. Because we're in the preseason. So a lot of the, like second tier third tier guys play and i normally wouldn't give a shit but i'm so desperate for football to be back that i've been watching it anyway and i'm really glad football's back tell me who's the who's the up and coming the player to watch um in real football or in fantasy football in fantasy football well one of the big guys who was a rookie darius geis so he's on the washington redskins he was like in line to be one of the big rookie running backs and he tore his ACL in the first preseason game and he's out for the season, which is a huge shame. Not not for fantasy football because who cares? It's fake. But just for this poor kid in his football career, his, he runs for a living and he has now torn a ligament in his leg and that's very hard to come back from. Like he may never be the same type of runner ever again and that's very sad. But the two big guys that everybody's keeping their eye on were the two first picks of the draft. Um, Baker Mayfield, who was a quarterback drafted by the Browns. He will not be the starting quarterback, but if the team is bad and they have no chance of making the playoffs, people are going to want to see him start to play. The second guy being Saquon Barkley, who's a running back. He was the number two pick in the draft. And he is like, according to scoring metrics, supposedly supposed to be one of the all-time best running backs ever. And he's on the Giants. His very first play, the very first play of that game, he ran for like a 39-yard gain. He cut, like, he broke a couple tackles. He, like, juked around a guy. It was a pretty sick run. So he's going to be very fun to watch in both fantasy and real football. So there. 
I already spent more time on football than anybody cares, but you asked, so that's what you get. So I feel like in that conversation that you just had with yourself, oh, um, you said a team name, Redskins. Yep. Do people call them Reds for short? Nope. No? Nope. Okay. Why? Because when I was working this event the past weekend, hey, newsflash, I don't watch sports. Any of them. Um, (laughs) The videographer was trying to talk to me about the Bengals game. Yes. And, like, it got to a point where I kept trying to tell him, like, hey, I don't watch sports. But he kept going. (laughs) And then other people kept popping into the conversation, like, contributing to it. But he kept Mm. including me. And it got to the point where it would be really awkward for him if I was like, yeah, I don't watch sports. Because he just Mm. kept going on about it. And then at one point, he said something, something about the Reds. But he was talking about football with Bengals. I know that. But then he said the Reds. And so in my head, I was like, oh, the, like Cincinnati Reds or the Boston yes. Red Sox or baseball. We're on baseball now. So right. I said something about baseball. And he had this reaction <laughs> that now I'm beginning to think that maybe he was talking about the Redskins because they're a football okay. team. Yeah. Um, no one calls them the Reds, though. Uh, maybe uh, I don't know, but he I, he had this like split second reaction to where like oh okay I guess we're talking about baseball now and then he went on That's to a painful. baseball thing where I was slightly more knowledgeable about he like mentioned Wrigley Field I was like yeah my dad's been there I think okay um, well then maybe he was talking about the Cincinnati Reds well, maybe he just misread it but no like he said Reds and then I said something about dad being a Cubs fan oh and then he had this moment. Where it was like, oh, we're transitioning to baseball now. Reds. I can see it in his eyes. I'm trying to think if there's another another team whose name sounds like the Reds, where maybe you just misheard, but there isn't. I don't know. Maybe he just calls the Redskins the Reds, and if that's the case, he's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> I mean, this guy was pretty weird. But yeah, so that was my social potential social faux pas that I just realized I may have made. Yeah, that's a shame. When I was trying to cover for not knowing sports. I feel like that's sexist he's a sexist he assumes because you're a man that you're into sports well like normally well because he asked me he's like did you catch the Bengals game and i yeah. went no nah. and the next words out of my mouth were going to be i don't really watch sports but then literally the person next to me was like yeah i got the caught the Bengals game <laughs> and then the it just it flowered from there and it blossomed yeah. into this horrible sports conversation monstrosity that eats up any social awareness that i have yeah that's the 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 thing about sports is they're bad no i was going to say you're not obligated to like sports they get paid too much all right my only point was (laughs) they don't get paid too much that those are billion dollar industries they get paid fair wage for the amount of money that they bring in but that's a whole other topic Sports are an easy thing to have to talk about, especially for guys, because guys tend to be more into sports than girls do. But like, if you don't have anything in common with someone, chances are you can at least talk about sports. That's, that's the benefit of liking sports from a, from a cultural perspective. Yeah, I get that. But my thing is, if you don't know that you have anything else in common with someone, I don't want to fucking talk to you. What's the point? Yeah, but sometimes when you're in a social situation, are you just going to stand there in silence and stare at the floor? Like, No, I'll get out my phone. Is that... Okay, well then, 
I don't know what to say to you anymore, you millennial. All right, here's the thing. If I'm stuck in a social situation mm-hmm. and people are talking about things I don't care about, I disengage. Because then, because then they know I'm not interested and I don't have to like try and keep up with their conversation and potentially bog it down. They can have their conversation. If they're talking about but what something... what if it's just two of you? If it's just the two of us... Then you just walk away <laughs> and leave them there by themselves. Yeah, I make some kind of excuse and leave. <laughs> I'm not saying you need to understand sports. I'm not ad- advocating for that. I'm just saying that's why it's easy to talk about sports is because it's the similar touchstone that most people have in common. Regardless of people that are super into it or barely into it at all, you can at least talk about it a little bit. It's, 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 a, it's the, a step further than talking about the weather as far as small talk goes. Well, people know about, I don't know, capitalism or yeah, but the human condition. No. Yeah. And like, you hey, want to talk catch, about catch that catch with the people you yesterday? Know? No, I don't really watch sports. Oh. What's your stance on capitalism? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Can I talk to you like about you our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. I think I'm beginning <laughs> to see the appeal of religion because a lot of people are religious it just gives them something to talk about. Right, exactly. That's the whole point. Sports and God. <laughs> Typical small talk. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of religion being small talk. <laughs> so how many miracles have you witnessed lately? <laughs> well, when Saquon Barkley made that 39-yard run, I certainly thought God touched Oh, here it. we go. Here's the crossroads. They have merged. Yeah. You've crossed the streams. It's just all that improv training. Yeah. You, know, you know how I do it. I'm a professional actor. I just yes, happen to be out of work. And? <laughs> right. Um, so tell me what else you got going on. Yeah, so TV-wise, I started Supernatural Season 13. Um, I'm very Is this sad. a new season? Uh, this is the last season. It's been on Netflix for a little while now. Um, but this is the final season, so I'll be mm. watching it to its conclusion, and then... No more Supernatural, which makes me sad. Um, I watched a little bit more Queer Eye. Yeah. Uh, I watched the one with, um, actually, the, the Indian gentleman who's very funny. Um, I don't think I've seen that one. Okay. He has, like, this horrible, messy apartment, and they totally make Oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. He's a little, little paunchy kind of guy. Yeah. Long, dark hair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they they cut him. his hair off, and he looks fantastic. Um, yeah. And he's just, like, a funny, quirky dude. Mm-hmm. Awkward. Um. So I think they continue to have some really great interactions with the people right. they encounter. Um, and Kara and I watched the pilot episode of The Sinner on Netflix, which is that show about the woman who murders the dude on the beach, but she doesn't really know why she did it, or that's what she's saying, and no one really knows why it happened, and she just like kind of snaps one day, and then the show. I think I've heard of that. The show's kind of about why did she actually murder this guy? Huh. Yeah, it's sort of an interesting setup so far. It has um, what's his face from Spaceballs, um, <laughs> the main guy from Spaceballs, uh, the guy who plays the Han Solo character. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It has him who? in it, right? And he plays this character with like a weird accent who keeps talking about trees. Um, I don't really know what's up with his character yet, but I've only seen the first episode. He, he grates on me a little bit just because of how strange he is. Um, mm-hmm. 
But I think he's going to obviously wind up being the one who uncovers the real reason why she killed him. And so, like, the, yeah, there, there's all, all these, like, weird idiosyncrasies with, like, different viewpoints of the people around them saying that, yeah, it was strange, like, because she went up and stabbed this guy, but maybe he kind of let her stab him. I'm not really sure, mm. like, what the real motive was and, like, why. Like, did they know each other? Maybe they actually knew each other. I don't know. Um, she like tried to kill herself beforehand or like this other, all this other stuff. So it's interesting. Um, it is not a documentary. It's work fiction. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's just really, it's weird. It's weird. I'll have to see where it goes. Um, I read comics. I got that first trade of paper girls. The one that I told you seemed like it might be kind of a stranger things, but with chicks, Right. Um, and Paper Girls being like, oh, they run a paper route. Um, and boy, howdy, does it take a turn? I didn't think it would. And now it's all <laughs> about time travel and weird alien wow. stuff. So okay. I did not think time travel was going to be a part of it. I thought it was going to be like supernatural stuff, not yeah. like sci-fi stuff. Um, Is it good at least? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's written pretty well. Um. They drop the F-bomb, not fuck, but the other okay. word for homosexuality. Right. Um, they drop that pretty early on, and I was like, whoa. But then in the next panel, the chick is like, hey, you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> um, and then, like, the character that dropped that word also says some other, like, kind of, like, questionable oh, mm-hmm. she picked this up from her shitty parents kind of stuff mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. later on and the other characters are calling her on it. So I felt a little better about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also read Star Wars Dr. Aphra Trades 1 and 2. Okay. Um, I really like her character and the yeah. two murder droids that accompany her. I love her. the murder robots. They are Whatever amazing. There is like triple zero and, and BT. what's the other one? BT, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Chrysanthemum, the Wookiee. Um, right, he uh, he's in it as well. Which is a lot of, a lot of fun characters. Um, I I liked both of those trades a whole lot. I have a third one, I have not read yet. Um, and then I was like just reading some scripts and stuff for um, potential fall play. I reread You Can't Take It With You, and I mm-hmm. love that show. It's hilarious and wacky and zany, but there are so many props that you need. Holy crap. Like, you need, like, an old hand-operated printing press and, like, (laughs) you're supposed to have two actual cats on the stage. I mean, you can do without (laughs) them. But you need, like, an old typewriter, which we do have. You need, like, fireworks and other stuff. Like, you don't have to set them off, but you need fireworks. All this, like, crazy, weird, specific things. You need a xylophone. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just a wacky show. Um, I would like to do it, but I do not feel like trying to secure all of those props or paying for them. Um, I reread Rehearsal for Murder, which I was in in high school. We're not going to do it because it hasn't been long enough, but I just really like that show. Um, I was the lead in it. Um, <laughs> I read The Curious Savage, which my co-director was in. She went to another high school. She was in it in high school. She's a couple years older than I am. We have, If we have done it at Belbrook before, 
it at least hasn't been since 1998, so it's been 20 years. Because um, mm-hmm. our our lighting guy that has done every show for us since the history, the dawn of time, um, he said his last file on the Curious Savage Savage was 1998, and he's not mm-hmm. sure if that was for us or another school. So it's possible we haven't even ever done that show here. Yeah. So I I like that one. It's less. It's less of a comedy. It's a little more heartfelt. It definitely has humor to like bring some levity, but it, uh, it's much more heartfelt. Um, it's about a group of people who are, who reside in like a mental inpatient facility, um, for people who have undergone trauma or aren't processing things properly, and they're there to like kind of gain some sense of normalcy before going back out into the world. And Mm. it kind of follows this new woman who has been brought in by her kids. Like they, she is trying to like give away her multi-billion dollar estate or whatever. Um, And her kids are upset that she's not giving them the estate and money and stuff. And so they put her in like a mental institution so that they could like take it away from her and like have her ruled insane in court. Um, and so it's kind of about her like interactions with the people that are there and it's kind of like, Oh, is she actually kind of crazy? Is she, or is she not? Or like, what Mm -hmm. does crazy even mean in this kind of a sense? Because like you begin to like learn about the people that are in there and about why they process information the way they do and why they express themselves the way they do. And it's just like a lot of fun interactions with them, um, that are all generally positive. Um, so if we do that one, and that's the one I'm kind of leaning towards, just have to be very careful about how we portray those characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my only reservation on that one. And there's another show um, called Any Famous Last Words, uh, and it's about um, – oh, no, never mind. That's a different show. What is Any Famous Last Words about? Crap. Probably somebody dying, I would guess. Well, I haven't read it yet. It sounded interesting, and I wrote it down, and I wanted to buy um, a perusal of it. Here we go. Um, Lucy, a famous funny playwright who's been rushed to a hospital because on the opening night of her latest play, a chicken bone hidden in an enchilada has lodged in her throat. It doesn't stop her talking, which is good because she has to deal with the insanity of hospital red tape, followed by minor surgery and a major anesthetic. As the anesthetic begins to take hold, Lucy starts to examine her life. Is she an artist or is she a thief who steals the lives of real people to make her fiction? Um, it's just a comedy. Um, but it's two male, eight women, which mm. I kind of think would be a good thing because we don't have a lot of guys. Um we are sorely lacking in the guys department this year. A lot of our strong males graduated last year, so we only kind of have a couple left. So that might be a possibility as well. I don't know. I'll come do a show. Two grand. I don't do rehearsals, and uh, all the shows must be in one weekend. Yeah, I think, um, think about it. I think we could make that work. Uh, how <laughs> would you like to pay the theater the two grand? <laughs> Pass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's kind of everything 
for me. Are you still? So when do you when do you have to have your uh, play chosen? Like when are you going to do rehearsals and stuff? So we have auditions um, third week of school. So in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so ideally, we would have scripts by then, so I could photocopy them for auditions for cold reads. Right. Um, but we'll see. Sweet. Well, um, I mean, the only thing I've been reading is still Harry Potter: Deathly Hallows. Okay. I'm, I have like five or six chapters left, so I'll finish that this week. Uh, and then I have another book that I need to read before I can start the Prince thing, Prince of Thorns trilogy. I can't talk about that other book yet, but it's imp- it's an important book to read. <laughs> so we'll be able oh. to talk about that at some point in the future. Yeah, um, okay. So yeah, I'm trying to finish that um, Deathly Hallows this week. And I am also... Thanks to your inspiration, going through and cata- cataloging all my comics. Yes. So I have, I finally got them all out of the closet, and I have them set up behind me where I'm sitting right now in our office on the floor. And uh, I reorganized all of them. I went and bought like five new long boxes because all of my long boxes are full. And if I ever want to read more comics, I'm going to need more space. So now, like, the actual tedium begins where I've created my Google Doc and I need to go through and list out every single thing that I have. And then I can figure out where my gaps are, especially if I'm going to catch up on stuff, what I need. So it's going to be a probably a long process, given that I won't want to do it all the time. I, mean, I anticipate this taking me at least, like, the next month, if not two months, to finish it. But I'm finally doing it and... Uh, it should be fun. When I went through the other day and just kind of like organized some stuff and I, I had been gifted a bunch of like really old 90s comics um, from um, some family of Kelly's. And so I went through and kind of organized them and I was just listening to the giant bombcast while I did it. So it's like a, I don't know, that creating lists, organizing gives me feel feel good feelings. So yes. I'm excited to, to kind of do that, even though it'll be very tedious. It will be. Um, yeah. So let's move on to some news. We can get through this stuff kind of quick and, and wrap this baby up. So, first thing that we need to talk about, which is also hate of the week, there was some drama because IGN put up a review of Dead Cells, and it came out that the guy who did the review, who was, I think, their head editor of Nintendo, yes. basically lifted the entire review from a YouTuber called Boomstick Gaming. And it's not, like, word for word the same, but it's it's like he took someone else's book report and just like changed some of the words to make it not seem like he copied and pasted. Yeah. But it's like painfully obvious. Like the whole structure is the same. The phraseology is the same. It's just changing words, a couple words here and there. Right. And it's like, it blows my mind. I mean, I get why kind of the guy that runs their reviews, why he wouldn't know this. Right. Because it's not like you can watch every YouTuber. Like video that had like a thousand views on it or something. Yes. Yeah, I think the YouTuber, like, he has a couple thousand subscribers, so he's not, like, nobody, but he's certainly not a big, you know, review gamer person. I'm sure he has but, a lot more now. <laughs> well, yes. And, like, it, this is their head Nintendo editor. Like, this is the guy that runs their Nintendo department is the one that did this. And it's just fucking crazy that the head Nintendo editor of the biggest gaming website on the planet stole a review from someone else like it that's so nuts to me and that he thought he'd get away with it like yes this youtuber isn't huge but still a couple thousand people had watched this video review and he really thinks that none of them would watch the ign review and 
pull up a question mark, much less the guy, the Boomstick Gaming guy that made the video wouldn't see the IGN review and raise a question mark. It's like crazy. Right. So th- this originally came to light when on Reddit, the guy at Boomstick Gaming released a video of him playing his review and the IGN review kind of side by side and like yeah. editorializing over it. Like, yeah. Um, and it like, it starts off and it's like okay you know yeah i mean this is what you would probably say about this game like these are phrases that have been put together before by other authors so it's yeah sure okay but then as it goes it just gets crazier and crazier and then by the end it's like literally there are like entire sentences that are the same it's crazy yeah it's nuts and so IGN kind of took that review down. They said they were going to look internally. They kind of decided, yes, this is too similar for it to be a coincidence. They fired that editor yeah, and had one of their other people come in and do a re-review of Dead Cells, which I did watch that video. I think that the new reviewer actually gave it a slightly higher score, uh, the, game, the game higher score. But uh, that editor that was fired... I didn't go watch this video because I didn't want to give him more attention. But I guess he put up a new video on his like personal YouTube channel, basically like claiming he was innocent still, and like not apologizing for doing what he did, but and he also quote, even, like thanking people for their support. He didn't even and, like, really say he didn't do it though. He's like, I didn't do this, but it, if I did or didn't do it, then this and that. Like he. It was poorly phrased. Yeah, he just seems like a complete sleaze ball, basically. Yeah. And apparently, like, this, this is, is in- not the first time he has plagiarized. Right. So Jason Schreier, who is like the the head news editor at Kotaku, he kind of came out after this and said, "Yeah, we wrote a we ran a story a while ago that this same dude, I think it was when he was working for a different outlet. Yes. he stole someone else's review for a different game. I think it was FIFA. And here's how that, yeah, is for and they they showed the examples from that original story they ran. And in this video, this editor, he he was calling out Jason Schreier for like lying and causing and stirring the pot and stuff. And it's like I don't understand this like he has to be delusional to to think that people don't see through this is crazy it's yeah. crazy and so like i don't i don't blame any or i don't place any blame at the feet of ign that that no. would be or at the, the kind of their head reviews editor guy this is an impossible thing this is a person who's worked there for a while he's the head of their nintendo stuff like there's the assumption to be made that this person is trustworthy like right. it's not like my boss runs everything i write through some sort of plagiarism filter like she trusts that i'm doing a good job and so i don't blame ign for this they did the right thing they took the review down they fired him they had someone else review it so i think ign has handled the situation well yeah and i think the more hate of the week i think i read that they have reached out to ign has reached out to boomstick gaming to talk about potential like monetary compensation for like the number of views and stuff that and like ad revenue that that review received before they took it down right so like ign coming out like with their like best foot forward yes very quickly which is a good showing it's not like it's a good thing to have your content stolen but boomstick gaming has gotten a lot more views and a lot more subscribers from this oh for sure so if anything like like he can't. I mean, obviously, he can be mad that someone else stole his 
review, but this whole situation has benefited him, if right. we're being honest. And, like, and he, so. he played it very cool the whole time. He was yeah. not disrespectful. Yeah. He was actively like, hey, guys, don't go attack this dude about right. it. Right. Like, I just – I thought they were eerily similar. I feel like yeah. – he plagiarized my work and I want to put it out here and see if other people agree and see what can be done about it. Like he was mm-hmm. very respectful about the whole thing. He wasn't like trying to instigate a witch hunt. Um, he's right. just trying to protect his intellectual property. Right. Right. So pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, it, w- it is also a bummer for the people that made dead cells just because there's kind of like negativity around that review that is not associated with their game. But also, there's a lot more attention on their game exactly. than potentially there would have been before. So hopefully, ho- I guess what I'm trying to say is hopefully no one that was involved is negatively impacted by this. Apart other from... than the douchebag that did it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He got what was coming to him. He certainly deserved being fired for this. Um, so yeah, yeah. And no, people are not going to no hire this guy in this industry no, ever again. No fucking way. He's done. He is done in this industry, right. as he should be. Yeah, this is something where like it's like should he get a should he get another chance to be a good human being? Sure, but in an industry that is based on your personal opinion and integrity, he has shown repeatedly now that he lacks either of those. So he should not be given another chance. He has squandered that already. Right. So no sympathy for him. Fuck off. Right. That's why he's the hit of the week. <laughs> um, so other video game news. A lot of stuff has come out about Fallout 76, which sounds neat. So I've been not on the fence. I mean, I went ahead and pre-ordered the game. I know know I'm going to play it. But, like, there's some stuff that makes me a little nervous from what they had talked about. One of the big things being PvP. So Todd Howard had come out and said, hey, we're going to de-incentivize PvP. It's only going to be for people that want to engage with it. We want to help, you know, cut down on the trolling. And my response was... No fucking way. People are monsters. You can't do anything to stop people from being assholes. It's the internet. And then Bethesda comes back and says, hold my beer, son. Right. So (laughs) basically to break down how the PVP works, there are a lot of, I got a lot of mechanics in the, in way to stop people from being assholes. So in order to engage with PVP, you have to reciprocate it. So somebody, if somebody comes up and just starts shooting you, they do very minimal damage and they don't initiate regular damage until you shoot that person back. So if you don't want to engage, you don't have to. You can just keep walking and ignoring the person. Right. They can kill you eventually if they keep, you know, hammering down with those small bits of, P- of, of HP. But when they kill you, they don't get anything. They don't get any, get any XP. They don't get any materials. They don't get any of your shit that, that happens when you die. Also, when you die, you don't lose any of that stuff. Right. You're going to spawn at the nearest place, or you can spend caps to spawn at a specific place, but you're not going to lose anything from being killed by this person. Also, if and when they do kill you, they're marked with like a bounty on them. So they'll show up on everyone else's map on the server, and those people are incentivized to hunt this guy down, because if they kill him, they get a bounty of caps taken from that person's caps. Right. In addition, so not- that person who now has the bounty on their head can no longer see the location of other players on the map. Right. So not only do they not gain anything from trolling you, they're actively going to lose something. Because if they're on the map, people are getting benefit from killing you, they're going to come after you. Uh, and, and also, which this is a point that you brought up when we were texting about it, Kyle. 
you can only do the PvP if you're level five. Right. Because there is a there's a situation, and this to me just shows that they really thought about this. So there's a situation where somebody has their own character and they decide, hey, I'm kind of bored and I'm a monster of a human being and I only can get an erection if I'm ruining other people's good time. <laughs> Let me create a new character and I'll troll people with that character so that my main character isn't losing anything. Well, you can only do the PvP if you're level five, so they'd have to put in a lot of time on that second character in order to be able to troll people. Right. So they're wasting even more of their lives than they already are by being an asshole. So that's at least a positive thing. Right. Um, and now, like, this still, it doesn't illegitimize the PvP, because, like, if you shoot someone... Like, you get the drop on them, you get, like, a little bit of bonus damage, and if they go to attack you back, then, right. like, then it's, like, you know, you know, weapons free. Like, go for it. Um, yes. Mess each other up and see who can win. Um, so there is still, like, an incentive for you to, like, get the drop on someone. Um, and the rewards also scale. So, like, if I'm right. level 20 and Kyle, you're level 5, and I go and engage in PvP with you... I'm going to get less benefit than if I try to PvP with someone of my level. So that helps higher level people not pick on lower level people because they're not going to get as much benefit from it. Right. Also, if you don't want to engage with PvP at all, you can set that. So you can set yourself as a pacifist where no matter what happens, you won't start initiate PvP. So even if you accidentally shoot someone... They won't be able to engage with you. If someone comes and shoots you and you shoot them back, you still won't be able to engage. So that's helpful for people that just want to ignore the PvP entirely. Right. And you can hide other players on the map so that they can't see you and you can't see them, which effectively is like blocking someone. So if there is somebody on your server that is a troll and they're coming after you and they won't leave you alone because they're a piece of shit... As you can see, I really like people that like to troll. You can just hide that person. And so they can't find you and you can't find them. So you're not going to have to worry about that asshole. So a, a lot of different systems that I think come together to like really help solve this problem. The core of it, which was my concern from the beginning, is you can't stop people from being shitty. If you're going to have a system that someone can be shitty in someone out there will be shitty with that system. All of these problems or all of these systems that are in place aren't going to stop 100% of shitty people from being shitty, but at least they're not going to get anything from it and I can hide myself from them and I can choose not to engage with those shitty people. Right. So as far as like, like I feel like they've done everything they can to disincentivize assholes. For sure. So applaud them for that. In, a, in another interview, Todd Howard also came out and um, kind of spoke to mod support. So they didn't give some specifics on it, but they have said that, yes, mods are a big part of our games. We will have mods in Fallout 76. They didn't say if it's going to be PC only or if also on console. They did also verify that you can do your own private servers. And considering this is an online multiplayer game, my assumption would be mods will only be allowed to be used on private servers where that's not going to affect anyone else. Right. Um, but it's still cool that they're going to have it, regardless of how kind of that comes into play. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I bet there will be a situation where someone wants to host a public server with specific mods on it for just random yeah, maybe. people to drop in. I bet that's probably yeah. a possibility, too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting a lot more excited for Fallout 76. I'm still not concerned, but, like, I'm curious to learn more about the longevity of it, like if all these 
kind of side missions and exploration and the hidden stuff, if there's enough there to make me want to play this for a year, I don't know yet. But it seems like they're going about all of this the right way. So yeah. I'll at least, you know, give them credit for that. Nintendo had a big direct on Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I cannot believe they had more to say about this game <laughs> yeah, after E3. So, yeah, we, we don't need to spend a bunch of time because I know you don't give a shit. But just kind of walk through. They announced two new playable characters, Simon Belmont and King K. Rule from Donkey Kong. Uh, are yeah. joining the fight, as they say. And Simon they Belmont have... shows up and kills Luigi. Well, know, death kills fucking... Luigi. Well, death but... kills him, yeah. It's pretty nuts. Pretty pretty uh, crazy trailer. Um, they've also came out and said that, hey, the game's going to have 103 stages. That's all a few. Of them, yeah, all of them will have a battlefield mode, which is the traditional kind of triangle tier, so like flat on the bottom, two... Um, platforms and the platform above that making a triangle shape. It's kind of a classic Smash Brothers shape. And all of them will have Omega versions, which is the final destination, just a flat line version of the map. So basically, there's going to be 309 maps, in, basically, which is pretty fucking crazy. That's, cr- that's ridiculous. Um, all of the maps will be able to play with eight players, which is cool. Um, all of them are going to be unlocked from the start. You don't have to unlock any of them through progression. So there's going to be a really long list of maps to choose from. Yeah. Um, you, there's also a new system where you can set stages to change in the middle of a fight, which should be pretty interesting. I don't know if that's just like changing between the Battlefield and Omega and normal versions or if it's actually like, hey, we're at Hyrule Castle and then we transform into Final Destination or whatever it is. Either way, sounds pretty neat. There are also... 900 music tracks in the game, including like menu music, which equates to over 28 hours of music in this game. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, They came out and announced a bunch of new assist trophies. So Shovel Knight is in it. Zero from Mega Man. uh, Bomberman. Knuckles. The moon from Majora's Mask, which is pretty awesome. And I guess in that one, the moon just kind of crashes onto the planet and like blows up or on on the map and blows up. Uh, and then they talked about the single-player mode. So there's no new subspace emissary where it's like a full-on story. But each character does have their own single-player mode that has like specific fights and specific stages for their kind of arc. So that's cool. It's it's sort of a middle ground between not having anything and doing like the full-on subspace emissary. So I'm getting more hyped. I'm still not super excited that I'm going to have to play online because I just don't like playing competitive games online with people. Um, but I just don't really have anyone to play locally with. Uh, but it's more Smash. I- I'm down for that. It seems like they're making this as much fan service as possible and good on them for that. Um, okay, so Ubisoft has announced that they're bringing Child of Light and Valiant Hearts to Switch, which is pretty neat. I don't know that I'm like super into replaying either of those. I like Child of Light more than Valiant Hearts because I didn't think the, the gameplay of Valiant Hearts was all that interesting. But as part of this, they've also announced that there is a Valiant or uh, sorry, there is a Child of Light two in the works, which is pretty exciting. I, I was not expecting a sequel for that. But uh, if you're interested in playing either of those on Switch, Child of Light comes out on October 11th, and Valiant Hearts comes out on November 8th. So that's kind of all the video game mo- news. Moving into the movie-slash-TV world, there's a rumor that Supergirl is next in line for her own standalone DC movie. So there's a Supergirl show that I think was on NBC? I don't remember. It was on one of the big four, and then it was canceled, and the CW picked it up. So it's joined the Arrowverse along with, 
obviously Arrow, Flash, Black Lightning. Um, and as far as I know, that show's going to still go. And then if they're making a Supergirl movie, it would be a different actor playing Supergirl, which seems fucking dumb. I don't know why they keep doing this. They've also announced on their DC Universe platform, they're having a Doom Patrol show with Cyborg, but it's a different actor playing Cyborg. So they're just like totally muddling these universes, and I don't. That's such a weird get, decision. It's so weird. I, there are so many characters. Why would you reuse the same character? And it's not like they're even A-list characters. These are like B and C tier characters. Why? Why? There are so many other ones that you can use. It doesn't make sense to me. But we'll see. Um, Supergirl supposedly is going to be written by Oren Yuzel, I think is how you say his name. He wrote uh, Twenty One Jump Street. He's also writing the Sonic and the Hedgehog movie. So, take that for what you will. Um, transition. New casting for Sonic movie. Ben Schwartz from Parks and Rec. He plays Jean Ralphio in Parks and Rec. Kyle, you would also know him. He plays <clears throat> Rutabaga Rabidowitz in Bojack Horseman. Does that character mean anything to you? I looked on his IMDb. I was trying to find something so that you'd have a frame of reference for him. But he's a very funny actor. John Ralphio remember. is a brilliant he's a brilliant character on Parks and Rec, but he's going to be voicing Sonic. Seems like a really good fit to me. I, I, I we'll see what happens. That movie still seems so fucking weird. But they got Jim Carrey to play Robotnik, so I can get down with that. Um how about Kyle, you tell me about Star Trek news, since that's more your world. Yes. So one of my favorite human beings in the entire world is returning to play one of my favorite characters in the entire world. And that is Patrick Stewart reprising his role as Jean-Luc Picard. Mm -hmm. Um, They are bringing back um, Star Trek The Next Generation. Well, I mean, it won't be The Next Generation. It'll be a new Star Trek show. Yeah. It's not a reboot. Right. It's it's him now. I don't. We don't know like how much time has passed. He still Patrick Stewart still looks the same as <laughs> he did on Next Generation. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, it's a continuation. Yeah. And so Alex Kurtzman. Um, so he is the showrunner on Star Trek Discovery, and right. he wrote the first two of the most recent Star Trek films. Mm-hmm. Um, he will also be the showrunner for this show, and is going to debut on CBS Access, which is their streaming platform. Um, which is also where Star Trek Discovery is. Correct. Which yes. I, I mean, I haven't watched it. Most I haven't good picked things it up. about it. I've heard kind of mixed things about Discovery specifically, but I guess for me, it's more about the CBS Access streaming thing. Like, I just haven't heard that many people talking about it. Like, engage- I just don't know how successful it's been. So I don't know if this move is to get more people to buy into it. Oh yeah. Or if they are putting this on that platform because it has been successful. I don't know which way it is. I would guess. I imagine this is to get people onto CBS access because like you don't make a move like Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah. Like that is a, that is a power move. (laughs) Right. That is bring all the, you know, Patrick Stewart brings all the boys to the yard, man. Hell yeah. Damn right. My, my Jean-Luc Picard. Yours. (laughs) My Jean-Luc Picard. My Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, that's pretty neat. It, it certainly comes out of nowhere. I was not expecting to see that. And Patrick Stewart, he seemed pretty excited about it. He was like, 
he felt like that character in that show was really important at that time and feels like there's a lot they can do and say in modern times, which I totally agree. The original Star Trek Next Generation, you know, I was never a big fan of the show. I've seen random episodes, but it was very culturally appropriate. Talked a lot, a lot about modern issues of that day. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to do that again uh, with this. Now, a little more detail has come out about the Halo show um, on um, HBO. I think it's on HBO. I don't remember now. Um, but Master Chief will be in the show. He will be one of the lead characters. They didn't say that he's going to be like the lead. They mentioned him as one of the leads. So I would guess there would be some other new characters, maybe some returning characters from the games. Um and they had mentioned specifically about the fact that he always wears his helmet is going to be like part of the show. They're going to address that in some way. So that should be interesting. And they also said that uh, they're aiming for a 2020 release for that show. So still a ways off. Um, but I'm very curious, like on a network that is willing to invest that kind of money in this sort of show could be really, really cool. I do not have faith in Bungie to tell a good story anymore after what they've done with Halo and with Destiny, but people who know how to write could do something because that is a very cool universe. Yeah, for sure. And finally, sad news, Rob McElhaney is no longer going to be directing the Minecraft movie. In other news, Rob McElhaney at one point was going to be directing the Minecraft movie. I don't even know Which who I that didn't is. know. <laughs> Rob McElhaney? Yeah. He is a creator of It's Always Sunny. He plays Mac on It's Always Sunny. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So well, darn. Yeah. I mean, like, I didn't even know this was a thing until I saw that he was no longer attached. Uh, so it makes me sad that he is no longer attached, even though I didn't know that he was at one point attached because he's amazing. But uh, I guess he initially signed on back in 2015 after uh, Sean Levy, who was the original director, director also left. Um, Sean Levy directed Night at the Museum, so that seemed like a good fit for a Minecraft movie. I have no idea what the fuck a Minecraft movie would be, uh, but after this announcement, the movie's kind of on hiatus, so who knows if it'll ever happen. We're kind of reaching the point now where... I'm not sure a Minecraft movie makes sense. Just it doesn't have the same cachet as Minecraft did. Right. I mean, I have to imagine Microsoft is working on releasing their Minecraft 2 some point in the semi-near future. Just because it has totally... It definitely feels like the momentum has fallen out from underneath it as a brand. And so that could reinvigorate it. And that would also be a good time to release the movie. It's also interesting, man. And this is a whole other topic we could get into. But like... Is that even worth putting out a Minecraft 2? Because in, in, in the original, like in a vacuum, Minecraft started to slow down, but that whole audience was still ready for more Minecraft. If they put out a Minecraft 2, all those kids that have been playing Minecraft would want to play a Minecraft 2 or whatever they decided to make. Right. But all those kids are now playing Fortnite. That's so if, true. A, if, a, if you put out a Minecraft 2, would they even care? Fortnite is the new game. The new game that everyone on the planet is playing. That fucking baffles me, dude. Because it's a piece of shit. It, it, that, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It's, it's a cultural touchstone. As soon as you get celebrities talking about a game, that's it. I, it, it the quality of the game has nothing to do with anything. It's like a, a complete flash in the pan. It is completely absurd and random. Like, Minecraft makes sense because it was the first game to ever do that kind of thing. Like, it was so unique at the time. Right. Fortnite is not unique 
at all. Like, there are so many other games that do the same thing and do it, at least in its pieces and parts, do it better than Fortnite does it. But there's just something happened. I I feel like people that try to quantify that and try to understand it so they can replicate it don't get it. You cannot replicate Fortnite. You cannot prepare for Fortnite. You cannot plan for Fortnite. You cannot make Fortnite. It just happens. Like, there's no... Like, anyone that would try to redo that and capture that again is going to fail. That's just not how that kind of thing works. It's fucking random. And you just get lucky. I'm going to get you a t-shirt that says Fortnite happens. (laughs) Yeah. So, weird that there was a Minecraft movie. I don't know, man. I think maybe a Minecraft movie could be neat. But I have no idea what kind of a movie you would make out of Minecraft. It's so weird. Would not be surprised to see a Fortnite movie, though. I'll say that much. But that is going to do it, guys. I know we rushed through the news, uh, but uh, nothing like huge to talk about, and my voice hurts. So we're going to wrap it up. Um, As always, we end with something that we don't hate. So I'll say that I don't hate organizing my comics. It is very tedious, but it is also very fun. Yeah, I could agree with that. <laughs> um, today, I don't hate my mom's bourbon chicken. It's a brand oh. new recipe she tried out. Because since Kara is gluten intolerant, right? Um, she won't stand for it. Um, mom, because <laughs> a lot of t- uh, like bourbon chicken teriyaki sauce has gluten in it. As like they have like mm-hmm. some sort of a wheat thickener in it or something. Um, she was looking up like gluten free. Uh, bourbon chicken sauces and she found like a bunch of different recipes she's been trying them she finally settled on one so she brought it to the bridal shower and so I took her container home today and had some right before this mm, it's nice good man it is very good I'm jelly that sounds delicious <sighs> it's fantastic um, and I'll also say since I wasn't able to work in a plug anywhere else during the podcast shadeseverything.com it's a website I write stuff on it. Reviews and rankings and opinions and good things like that. I finally got around to writing my God of War review because when I wrote a review, I fucking write a damn review. I think it's like 2400 words. It's a, it's a, it's a doozy. But um, Shay like hates everything.com copied my review for God of War. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not popular enough to copy someone or to be copied. <laughs> There's no benefit from anybody. Uh, so, yeah, and I'll also have the show notes for this podcast. So if you want to click through any of the uh, news stories and learn a little bit more, visit shayhateseverything.com and check out the show notes for this episode. But that's going to do it, everybody. So, we will see you in two weeks. Peace out. Peace out.